So hey, welcome to episode nine or eight or ten or nine, maybe. I'm sitting here with Dave Kerber of uh, yeah. Agape Red. We're both programmers in Omaha, Nebraska, uh, and Dave runs a, a business of, of software development and consulting. And and I heard a rumor that you were also homeless for a week, and I was like, "What? <laughs> How the hell could Dave Kerber be homeless for a week?" And uh, and I, I was hoping you would tell me this story. I, I couldn't believe my, my ears when I heard wind of this. And uh, how, how did this adventure start and what happened? Okay, so I'm curious what, what you heard now because this, oh. this was a recent thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, yeah. I was sitting here minding my own business. Okay. I work in a co-working space. And uh, I heard something about, oh, uh, Dave's back. Because I was talking about I was going to go down to your company because you host the uh, – host the Ruby and open source meetup group at your, mm-hmm. your company. And yeah. I was going to go down there on Tuesday and I'm like, Oh, Hey, I wonder if Dave will be there. And, uh, he said something. Yeah, he's back now. And I said, what do you mean? He's back now. Is he out of town or something? And he's like, no, he was homeless. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what <laughs> yeah. are you talking about? He was homeless. Yep. So yep. yeah, I'm just, what, what happened? What inspired you and what, what was going on? Well, I guess I'll, I'll start all this off by saying, um, I'm a, Christian, pretty spiritual one. Yeah. Not to like elevate myself or anything, but I look at a lot of this kind of through that lens. Uh And so for months, probably six months, I just had this urge to like, I want to do this. I want to try this. And, uh, I had a a whole series of different explanations, but really, uh, for me, I want to know what it's like to be human. Mm. And I want to really know what it means. And I think in order to do that, you really have to, uh, have the whole experience of being human, the, the highs and the lows and all the good things and the bad things and, and, and all of that. Uh, so it just kind of wore on me for a little while and I told my wife about it. You gotta, you gotta ease your spouse into these things, you know? <laughs> well, you have young kids too. Right? I do. Yeah. I yeah. have uh, a 15 year old and 11 year old and a son that's turning two this month. Two. Yeah. So yeah, that's, there's, a, there's a little <laughs> bit going on at the Kerber household plus running the company and, and all the other things that go along with that. Yeah. So I told her about it, kind of got her interested in the idea, and then uh, you one got interested or she well, was <laughs> exposed to the idea. Let's say that she's uh, she's used to odd behavior from me. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, so we did that, and then I don't remember what it was that kind of triggered it, but I was just spending some time and working through some issues, and I was like, "It's time." And so I just I remember I was sitting with her somewhere in public. I said, you know how I've been talking about how I want to do this homeless thing? She said, yeah. And I was like, I think it's time. I actually blocked it off on my calendar. <laughs> it was about three weeks away. And so, yeah, we, we put it on the calendar and, and, and did it. I told my team, I told a couple people at the company what I was doing. But for the most part, I just told the company, I'm going on vacation, I'm going on vacation for a week. I won't have internet. I won't have my cell phone. If you need anything from me, get it now. Yeah. And actually nobody asked any questions. <laughs> so it was like, well, that's perfect. I did I didn't want anybody to know going into it what I was doing. Uh. Um, and I and I didn't want to uh, also, you know, take advantage of any of the relationships or anything I had during it. So I I just wanted to kind of keep it quiet until after it was all over. Were you afraid that people were going to volunteer help because they know you and that would not be an authentic experience or what was your concern? I just didn't want it to be a thing in the company. You mean? Yeah, just period. Oh. So, you know, even in my personal life, most people didn't know what was going on. Yeah. You know, some family members knew a couple of friends from church knew, but that was a, 
that was about it. Yeah, I follow you on Twitter so, and Facebook. I knew nothing about this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll, we'll talk about why I haven't really posted much about it afterwards. But yeah, so that's what I did. Um, so what we worked out is I left my cell phone with a, with a coworker because most of my phone stuff is, is work related anyway. Left my laptop, you know, changed my password on one password so they could get to anything they happened to need to get to and left that with them. And then after church on a Sunday, my wife took me downtown actually by our office because our office is downtown. Yeah. And, uh, I had some old jeans that I had not worn for a long time. There was a hole in the back. I mean, they were just, just bad jeans, uh, a t-shirt and a really light jacket, like a cloth, light cloth jacket. I had uh, a notebook, this little composition notebook. It's about, what is that? About two and a half by three inches. Oh, it says right here, four and a half by three and a quarter inches. Yeah. About 80 pages. So I took this notebook and a pen. That was all I had with me. So I had I had no money. I had no identification. I definitely had no phone or or anything like that. Uh, I got dropped off at Twelfth and Harney, and I was homeless. So this was the beginning of June. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was yeah, about the middle like of June, I think. So it was pretty hot, right? So looking at the yes. weather forecast, you were you were yes. not in danger of freezing to death at night, right? No and matter I, what. And I intentionally kind of waited till it was warm enough that I wouldn't have to worry about that. Yeah. Yep. So, <laughs> wow. So, so now you're downtown. Yeah. I'm trying to, okay, so I'm just trying to wrap my head around this story. So now you're downtown and you've eaten for now. Yeah, I had lunch. Yeah, yeah. Before so, that. Okay. So, so the adventure starts and what? So like I was at the public library a couple of weeks ago on one of the crazy hot days and there were mm-hmm. a lot of people using the air conditioning at the public library. <laughs> yeah, um, libraries are great. Yeah. So did you end up spending time in the downtown library? No, not that one. Actually, that I one. never got into the, that library. But, oh, really? Um, I ended up spending about an hour in the Florence Public Library. Is right? Florence a, t- a town nearby? Or? Uh, you know, up in North Omaha. Oh, a neighborhood. Yeah. Florence. Okay. Yep, yep. Right where uh, 680 crosses over in Iida, you know, the Mormon Bridge. About okay. there. That, that's about where the Florence Library is. So. So you had no plan. Yeah, I discovered libraries were great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it was had, the airport, actually. Th- so that day, you had no plan about where you would be sleeping that night, right? right? There was yeah. no plan. None, none at all. So where did you end up sleeping the first night? Yeah, so uh, what happened was I just kind of said, okay, I'm here. Where are the people? <laughs> oh, you're looking for homeless uh, people? Uh, yeah, I wanted to be. I wanted to interact with and be around other homeless people. Yeah. And so uh, I went towards the Gene Leahy Mall and found uh, Food Not Bombs comes every Sunday afternoon around like 2, 2.30, and they serve lunch to homeless people. Oh. Yeah. yeah I didn't know they existed. So. I didn't either. <laughs> I will link to that on I, the show notes. Oh, yeah. They're great. They're, yeah. they're great people. So, um, yeah. So I, I just saw a group of homeless people, and I just kind of went over and stood by them to try and figure out what was going on. And then these Food Not Bombs people were unloading, and... They had soup they had made and some other stuff, some guacamole and just this great food they had that they were giving out to everybody. And then also they had several boxes of produce and fruit, uh, bread, things like that that grocery stores were getting rid of that they were just giving to people. They do this out of like a taco truck that they drive downtown? or No, it's work? just a bunch of people in their cars. Oh. And they just pull it out. They set up a table that they serve food from and everybody gets in line. And then, yeah, and then they, the fruit and veggies, they just lay out. 
and and use. So they have a designated. Yeah, right spot. there in front of the library. Okay. On the Jean Leahy Mall, you know where the library is. Yeah, yeah. Right there. Yeah, that's where they set up. And that's a daily thing. It's every Sunday. Every weekly thing. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Every Sunday they do that, and so that was so. It, so so I ran into them and and just kind of watched and tried to figure out you know what was going on, and then this one guy started talking to me. And he's like, is it your first time on the streets? And I said, yeah. And he's like, all right, well, cool, you know. And we just kind of started chatting. Um, I got in line to get some food so I could fit in. But I, I told myself before I went there that I was not going to take advantage of those kinds of services too much because I chose to be there. You know what I mean? There were people who legitimately needed, you know, food, place to sleep, that kind of stuff. And I could have, within a couple hours, gotten back to my home. So I, I just decided I'm, I'm going to use that as little as possible. So I got a little bit of soup, just so it wouldn't look awkward, and uh, sat down with Nate and just started talking to him and uh, chatting, you know, telling me about his life and what's going on. And so had he been homeless for quite a while? Yeah. Nate, Nate was an interesting guy. He was a guy who I figured out there's people, they just want to be homeless. They, it's, it's a lifestyle is that Nate? That they Nate? enjoy. Yeah, he's one of those people. Absolutely one of those people. Um, I would think Hawaii would be the place you would want to be, right? Or San Diego? Or... <laughs> well, you'd think. I, I don't or know. Does he travel a lot? I mean, Omaha winters has got to be brutal for homeless people, wouldn't they be? Yeah. Yeah, but there's 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 places available. There, there really are. One of the things I found out is um, if you're looking, if you're homeless in Omaha, this is just Omaha, right? You never really have to worry about getting enough food to eat. There's... Plenty of services available. Uh, the, the Open Door Mission, the Sienna Francis House, there's several church missions in town, and they will just give you food, no questions asked. Uh, if you need a place to sleep, uh, that's also not that hard either. You know, it might not be very comfortable, but if you need some place to sleep at night to stay out of the cold, you, you can absolutely do that. And so, so the Open Door Mission is way up by the airport. Yeah, right? yeah. So how do you even? get there compared to downtown or, or some of these places downtown or well the Sienna Francis house is is close to downtown so it's just north of Cummings on 17th okay so that that's not too far to get to and then uh, yeah the open door mission is down by the airport but I found out they actually have like a shuttle that runs two or three times a day from downtown really yeah so they'll they'll pick you up in front of the library and take you to their place give you lunch bring you back. I, I didn't actually do that, but I know some people were telling me about it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of great services. So Nate Nate was a guy who, uh, you know, chose the life of of a bum, and and that's what he wanted to do. And as we got to be friends, he even got really excited because he was telling me about how I don't remember what it's called. This big, basically, bum festival that happens every few years. That's and he's cool. yeah, yeah. And he's like, I know where it's going to be this year. And these people, you know, they're really good at being homeless, and they can like make stoves out of clay, and it's it's just great and awesome. And he was like, Dave, we got to get you a backpack, and we're going to go do this, man. <laughs> where was it? What town? I don't remember. Oh, was, okay. It, 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 you know, I might be able. I I took a ton of notes. Yeah. That's that's what these notebooks were for. So I, it might be in here somewhere, but I I just didn't have the heart to tell him that I'm not going to go. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so Nate, is he mostly in Omaha or does he roam around all over the place? Or Yeah, I think he, he's from this area, but he's been, he, you know, he lived in California for a while. 
Um, I think he lived in Colorado for a while. Yeah. You know, he went out there to California with a girl. Right. And then it didn't work out, and he was stuck there for a couple of years, and then yeah. eventually worked his way back to here. He was originally from Lincoln. But, you know, this is a guy who uh, had a cell phone, a working cell phone. And yeah. I'm like, this, this, how, how does this work? You know, and I asked him, how do you pay your cell phone bill? And he's like, oh, my parents pay it. I'm on their, their family plan. Uh, and it's like, okay. You know, so this guy's got a support structure in place. And um, he even had been through some programs. He said that the Salvation Army program was really, really good. Just a great program. Helped him through a lot of stuff. Like drug issues or? Alcohol issues. Alcohol. And this is, dude, this is such such a screwed up story. But I asked him, you know, if you went through the Salvation Army program and it was so great for you, what happened? He said, well, I stayed there nine months. Got everything kind of going again. Got my one-year AA coin. Yeah. And then went to a bar and turned it in for a pitcher of beer. Wow. And I'm like, okay, so one of the one of the things I, I had to tell myself over and over while I was on this expedition trip, whatever it is, is uh, I'm here to learn, not to judge. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm here to observe, not to preach. But, man, that's – can you imagine? So was he back in uh, – was he drinking a lot? Uh, when you were hanging out with him? No, but you could tell it, it had a, a large effect on him. Um, so he wasn't clean and sober? No. Well, no, actually, he was sober. Yeah. But I think if he could scrounge up enough to get drunk, he would in a heartbeat. Sure. Yeah. And. Wow. It was really interesting because he had two terrible habits the smoking. Dude, I, I learned. In this, smoking is the most addictive thing you've ever seen. Well, how can you afford cigarettes? But that—that's the—that's the really scary part about it is when you're when you don't have any money and you're addicted to nicotine, you do disgusting things. So, have you ever seen the guys downtown? You know the smokers' poles, or like a coffee can with sand in it, sure, with cigarette butts in it and stuff. Yeah. You know, you see people going through those. Have you ever seen that? Uh-uh. Oh, man, yeah. I'm oh, with... they're trying to scrape out the tobacco out of the yeah, butts? Yeah, yeah. So they're, they're called snipes. So you'll get a, a cigarette that's not completely smoked, and they'll just grab them and smoke them. Oh. Or if they're really desperate, they'll they'll find all the cigarette butts, and they'll get the, the little you know quarter inch of tobacco out of a whole bunch of them. Sure. And roll it into something. Right. I, oh, oh, it's just so disgusting. Not to is mention it? the safety and health concerns, but I mean, it's it's really, really well, terribly yeah, smoking addictive. Smoking is terrible for you, but I don't know that grabbing tobacco out of a tube that just didn't get burnt, I don't know that there are extra concerns on top of smoking being bad for you, are there? I don't, you know, I, I guess I don't know. I heard while I was out there, like, so there's, it's, it's really interesting, the, the diversity within the homeless community, because... You know, some homeless people will look at those homeless people and go, oh, my God, I, do you know how dangerous that is? You know, and they're, like, judging, yeah. you know, and, and stuff. So I guess the only thing I know about it being unsafe is what I've heard other people say, is that, yeah. it's, that it's unsafe. Or huh. particularly, like, reusing the filters, I guess, um, oh. yeah, is, I would, is, is unsafe. I would think whatever that's trapping is only designed to trap enough so one much. cigarette. Right, yeah. I mean, if it's trapping anything, and it is because it gets brown, so it's trapping So something. it changes color, so yeah, exactly. it at least reacts to heat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, they need to, so there's no cart down there doing vape for homeless people? 
Were they handing out free vapes? Uh, not that I saw. <laughs> that vapes everywhere now. So. That might actually be a good service. Actually. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So yeah. So you met Nate was the first guy you met. Yeah. So Nate was the first guy I met, and we walked around downtown. And he kind of gave you the lay of the land because he a asked bit. you if it was your first time. Yeah. Yeah. He asked me. He asked me some questions and hey, was talking to me did, about it. How do homeless people get like a, a dental? Like one of the things I'd be worried about long term. Yeah. Being out of the medical system is right. dental hygiene, for instance. Yeah. So are there clinics that do uh, um, assistance with that, or like when they have medical issues? Yeah, actually. So I heard about a program that Creighton does once a year mm. where they basically, they, they get together with all the missions and they bring together every single homeless person they possibly can. And each homeless person gets uh, assigned to basically a college student who walks them around and they take you to a doctor. They check you out. They take you to a dentist. They do whatever you need there. They'll get you a vision test. They'll get you a, a coupon for a set of glasses if you need it mm. and kind of walk you through all those things and get that stuff taken care of for you. That's that's all I know of for sure. Um, but, yeah, there, there might be other stuff available too. Mm. I'm not sure. Yeah. So in your experience, was the were, were people taking care of themselves physically or were a lot of them in rough shape? physically due to maybe addiction issues. I, I don't know anything about this community, so I'm... Yeah, well, and I didn't either. And, and the funny part is, um, at the end of the first day, I really felt like I knew a lot about being homeless. Really? At the end of the second day, I kind of felt like an expert. Really? Yes. <laughs> By the end of the week, I felt clueless. It was really? like, yeah, yeah. Because I just, I, I, you know, you get, there's that, that saying, you know, uh, drink deeply of knowledge because little sips are a dangerous thing. You know, mm. when I had my first few sips, it was like, okay, I get this. And by the time I really took it all in, it was just overwhelming and confusing. And I'd just been seeing so many different things and so many different kinds of people. So at the end of the week, were you ready for it to be over? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I went through a weird phase Saturday night for about an hour where it was like, this is it. This is going to be over tomorrow. Yeah. And I was a little sad because there were so many more things I wanted to see and so many more people I wanted to meet. Um, you know, I, I was really disappointed that uh, I wanted to meet some prostitutes, mm -hmm. not not to engage in anything, but just I wanted to talk to them and, and see, you know, okay, how did you get here? What's your story? What's this like? And, and all that. Um, wanted to talk to some drug dealers, which I got to see some drug deals go down from a distance, but not really, you know, I... I wanted to interact, you know what I mean, and and, and really understand. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't get a chance to do that. So maybe someday. But yeah. But you know, once I got over that little moping period, it's like, no, I'm going to go back to my my life. Yeah. And and be happy and, <laughs> yeah. and see my wife and my kids again. And, yeah, and we're extremely and, fortunate and, people. You've that. got a great oh, life gosh. to go back to. <laughs> oh no, I really do, man. I really do. Uh, yeah. And so. Any weapons in your week of adventure? Did you did you see anyone get kind of off the rocker. I, I did a uh, no. volunteer, boy, this is about two months ago. Uh, my parents live down in Kansas City, and there's a um, Catholic worker house down okay. there. And so I did a day with those folks, and what they do is they do uh, food, and they do showers, and they do clothing. Okay. So they have uh, all donated clothing and all the different sizes figured out, and, you know, they'll exchange clothing, yeah, et cetera. Yeah. And then you can drop off your laundry, and they'll they'll clean your clothes for you. Wow. Right? So great. if you have more than one set, and then they'll give it back to you. And um, one of the most interesting things with that, you know, little block of 
five hours or however long I was down there. Um, one of the, one of the guys, uh, has had, uh, mental health issues for a long time yeah. and he has borderline anger control management kind mm. of stuff. And, um, it was interesting watching his, uh, emotional state like a little roller coaster, uh, throughout the day. And apparently this was a pretty good day for him. Um, but you know, not great. And it was on the verge of feeling dangerous at one point. Oh, and okay. so like my, the, the part of my brain that worries about people's safety kicked in briefly. Yeah. And apparently this was just another normal fight with his, his girlfriend, you know, who I, you know, I didn't know their, the relationship status, et cetera. But yeah, so that was, uh, if you're, I was just curious if you had run into mental health folks, any, oh. any feeling of danger, any kind of, do you ever feel threatened or did you ever see anything that, yeah, I um I definitely ran into some crazy people. <laughs> like I, violent crazy or just like uh, they, talking to themselves crazy or a lot of talking of? to themselves crazy. They they could have been violent, I don't know. But you know You didn't yeah. I, I never felt in danger at, at any point and really that that had more to do with I think just the I felt like God wanted me to be out there mm. and I was going to be okay. Like I just wasn't worried. Yeah. Like he's not going to send me out there just to die. Mm. <laughs> so, um so I never worried about that. I did get uh, just a quick anecdote. I got offered weed like every single day. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Where do they get money for weed? I don't understand. That. I don't either. <laughs> well, actually, <laughs> because the, weed is well, worth money, right? It's like a valuable commodity, especially because it's illegal. Right. So you would think that it would get siphoned to people with money. Well, but you're you're essentially in a non-enforcement zone, right? So if the so if the, if the if the posted speed limit is sixty miles an hour, but the cops never issue a ticket, yeah, there's no speed limit, right? And it's kind of the same thing. I don't understand how the economics don't drive it out of the hands of homeless people, well, unless a lot of homeless people have access to a lot of money. That I don't understand. No, I mean, not a lot of money, right? But yeah, is there? There must be all kinds of cash flow I'm not understanding. Yeah, well, it doesn't cost that much, right? Uh. Uh, and then also, but if you don't have an income of any kind. But, well, that's, that's the really interesting thing. So it's, it's really easy to get set up on food stamps and EBT. Yeah. And it, there are, there are people who will help you convert that to cash. You know, so I, I could have, not in the week I was there, but given a few weeks, gotten set up on food stamps and gotten a couple hundred bucks a month. Oh, so instead of, see, I thought, I thought nowadays EBT was like little Visa credit card kind Mm -hmm. of things. That could only be used to purchase food. No, there's, I, I didn't see any transactions go down, but I talked to guys and they were like, oh yeah, I sold them the, I, I got this much in EBT, which let me get this much in cash. Oh. Yeah. I, I don't know how it happens. I also found out with the EBT, uh, Obama phones are a real thing. I thought that was a joke. I don't know what that is. Okay. Uh, and this is just what the people, I talked to called it, you know, but the guy was, okay. This was one of the most surreal experiences of my life. Okay. I'm, I'm hanging out in this, uh, abandoned school bus with, uh, this, this guy, Charlie, this guy, Joe, and this, this young couple, I think, I don't remember what their names were. Downtown Omaha somewhere. Yeah. On the streets. Yeah. Okay. And, um, Joe is a dealer who's also homeless. Uh, and Charlie is just whacked out of his mind. I'm pretty sure that dude would have done anything you put in front of him. So these guys are doing meth 
in front of me. They're like smoking meth, okay. which I had to ask like several people. I was like, I was like, guys, what is that? And they're like, oh, we don't want to say it out loud. I'm like, okay, well, whatever. And then it's that I had to ask several people. I'm like, this is this is what they did and how they did it. What is that? And somebody finally told me, oh yeah, that's meth. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So anyway, did they think you were a cop? Uh, I had a couple people ask me that. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, it was okay. I looked pretty ragged. Here, let me show you. Um, Ooh, we could put a photo on on the show notes too. I just wanted to show you. This is a picture of me when I got back. So this was this was the afternoon I got back. Yeah. That's that's kind of what I looked like. So I was I was pretty ragged. Same clothes, seven days. Same clothes, all seven days. Yeah. yeah. I could have had laundry done, but I didn't want to risk it. Um. So anyway, so I'm, I'm hanging out with Charlie and Joe while while they're doing meth. <laughs> yeah. Joe's. Doesn't that smoke go everywhere? It Aren't doesn't. No, they breathing? suck it right up, man. Okay, they don't, you're not worried about secondhand meth smoke. They, no, they they didn't let any of that get away. <laughs> um, but let's just say our company wasn't going to institute a drug testing policy right after I got back either, just because you never know. It's good to be the king. <laughs> yeah. So 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 these guys are, are are hanging out doing meth, and Joe is on his Obama phone. Okay. Texting people, and he's he's trying to get Charlie hooked up with his Obama phone. So the Obama phone is a phone you can pay for. It's a cell phone. You pay for the phone and the service with your EBT. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. So Joe was from Florida. That's where he got his. But apparently, they're not available in Nebraska yet. What? Well, uh, so I thought EBT money was designed to be meeting your basic caloric needs for. Right. And so yeah. I, I'm all for, um, you know, low end telecommunication technology mm-hmm. for yeah. people who need uh, financial assistance to get that. Mm-hmm. I'm all for that. I right. think it's a safety issue. I yeah. think it's not that expensive. So I don't mind my tax dollars going to helping people. Yeah, yeah. But I thought EBT was an amount of money, which means that you don't have to worry about starving to death kind of thing. So I, I didn't realize that, oh, by the way, you can also do. Yeah. And these are basic flip phones, right? We're not talking oh, it didn't iPhone even flip. 6s or whatever. It didn't even flip. It was just a phone. But you could text you know, and you call could, You could family. text and call people on it. Yeah. 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 Well, I think that's good use of resource. But I know nothing about it. So Yeah. Well, and, you know, we didn't have a lot of policy discussions <laughs> Yeah, <I'm sure. laughs> while I was out there. But it was just this crazy, surreal experience. Of, that he's getting another Obama phone with his Obama phone. Well, it's just that I'm hanging out with a meth dealer while yeah. he's doing drugs texting yeah. people on his government issued cell phone. Yeah. And it's like, wow. In a, in a bus. This is this is <laughs> nuts. Yeah. And and honestly I thought, you know, people people talk about uh and I haven't fully thought this through, so you know, if anybody gets mad, get over it. Um you know, I thought, you know, people talk about giving people on government assistance drug tests. Yeah. And I'm sitting here thinking, maybe that's not a terrible idea right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, I think People drawing because when they're in front of you, it's like holy smokes! This this guy is a scoundrel. Yeah. This is this Joe guy came up to me the day before, and he goes, "Man, he he stops down the street. He goes, dude, are you homeless?" I'm like, yeah. He goes, "Oh man, I hate to do this, but I hate to ask you because I don't want to ask another homeless guy. But you know, I'm in town and I got to get to my brother's. And blah 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 blah. Can you give me any money? I gave him fifty cents. Mm. Where'd you get fifty cents? Oh, I'll I'll, I'll tell you about that. <laughs> um, so I, I I gave him fifty cents. And, uh, he's like, oh, thanks. You know, he was, he was just totally scamming me. Uh, I, the guy was just a scoundrel, yeah. just a terrible person. Um, and, and anybody who is like homeless and willing to like 
screw over another homeless dude like that. Yeah. It's just, oh, that's, that's pretty poor. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, so the money was interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm basically addicted to chapstick. Mm. So that was actually my number one concern yeah. going into being homeless was like, I need chapstick. So, um, but I didn't take any money with me or anything. So, uh, let's see. So I went out Sunday. Monday, I couldn't. Did you have chapstick with you? No, I didn't. I didn't take chapstick uh, with me. So. You, does, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail or vice versa or something. Well, you know, I just kind of figured, <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. So, um, Monday, it was Monday, it was Tuesday, I believe. There was like a day work place in Omaha. Okay. Omaha, I don't remember what it's called, but it was this day work place. So I got there at like 6.45, 7 a.m., hoping to get some work. I sat in their lobby waiting area for about a half an hour, and the woman was like, um, do you have any ID? You need like two forms of identification. I said, no, I don't have that. She's like, well, I'm sorry, we can't help you. Okay, fine. So then I just started walking around asking people, do you have any work I can do? Do you have any work I can do? That was that was it. And I was in this neighborhood just north of Cummings, about 20th, 24th and Cummings. I'm walking up, I think, 20th Street. And it goes through kind of a neighborhood. And uh, this guy was sitting in a car in the parking lot. And we kind of made eye contact and nodded. And I kept walking. And then I turned back. He rolled down his window. I said, hey, man. Um, do you have any work I can do? I'm just, I, I, I just need some money. And I'm, I'm happy to do anything. Do you want me to mow your lawn? His grass was kind of long. So I was hoping he'd let me mow his lawn or something. And he goes, come here. And he comes over. Uh, I come over to him and he pulls some money out of his pocket, gives me $5. And I was like, oh, God bless you. Thank you so much. I was like, can I hug you? And he goes, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty nasty at this point. Um, but yeah, that's that's where I got money, and okay. that, that was the only money I received the the whole time I was out there. But, did uh, you ever work for anybody doing anything? No, no, never did. Yeah, never did. Um, I I would have been happy to. Trust yeah, me, yeah. I would, yeah. Um, so you know, if, if there had been anybody that needed like an iPhone app built or something, I would have been yeah. all over it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're almost person to have my laptop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I trust you. I'll be back in an hour. <laughs> right, right. Do you use Git? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that's where I got money and, uh, I was able to buy some chapstick. So was $5 your entire income for the week? It was. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yep. One, one person handed you one $5 bill and that was the extent of your. Yeah. 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 And it was really weird because like I was really protective and paranoid about that money. Yeah. Oh, um, hell yeah. That's should... all your money, man. Right. That, that was everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember. Shortly after that, I'm, I'm still walking up 20th Street, and I became scared of the police. It was really weird, just this crazy Why? feeling. Well, because he, I'm, I'm just this dude who has no identification, no anything, right? But if you're not breaking any laws, and you're not driving a car, you don't need ID legally, do you? I, I don't know. Uh. Well, and the thing is, is like, you know, what does it really take for a police officer to say he's got probable cause to stop me and talk to me? Or mm -hmm. think I'm up to something. I mean, e imagine this. Even if I told them the truth yeah. and just came clean, that's kind of a crazy story. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'll be like, what are you doing out here? Oh, well, I just decided to be homeless. Where's your ID? Oh, I don't have it. Yeah. I left it behind. Like, oh, sounds like you're up to something. You know, uh, so when, when they've got the guns and the handcuffs yeah. <laughs> and you've got nothing, uh, the, the law is not very much comfort. 
Yeah. At that point. Well, and I bet if you weren't you know a white I mean? dude, that that would also play a big factor in. I mean, if you looked, yeah. if you looked extremely traditionally Mexican, like right. like you were straight out of Guadalajara, and you were doing that exact same thing, right? You could get yourself deported. Yeah. I assume. Yeah. Even yeah. though you know that legally, right? Mm-hmm. There's no reason why just because you're a white dude doesn't mean you should be able to walk around, right? And be treated differently. Yeah. Than someone, you know. No, it's it's weird. And um, so I remember I was walking up 20th Street, and <clears throat> I'm going north, and from the left, this cop car comes, and it stops right in front of me mm-hmm. at this intersection, and my heart just stopped. Really? Yes. And my first thought was, they're going to take my $5, and I haven't even gotten any chapstick yet. <laughs> <laughs> like, my lips are killing me here. And uh, Like a bribe? You were worried they were going to take your money and just... No, no, they just would like lock me up and then I wouldn't have my money and oh. I wouldn't have chapstick and it'd just be like, ah, this sucks. <laughs> they don't have chapstick in county? county <laughs> they jail? might, they might, I don't know. <laughs> um, so they stop in front of me and my heart just sinks. I'm just like, yeah. oh no, what's going to happen? What are they going to do? It turns out they were waiting to turn left yeah. <laughs> and they, and they turned and, and went on by. But just in that brief moment, I was like, wow, I'm scared of the cops. This is a weird feeling. Yeah. You wow. know? Um, just a really, really when you weren't doing weird anything thing. wrong. No, I, I wasn't mean, doing anything wrong. Any I was laws. just walking down the street. Yeah, you know, That's but legal. I, but I, but I had no recourse. Yeah, well, right, no resources. Yeah. No, if you get sucked up in the system, yeah, and you have no resources of any kind, right? You're that's terrifying. It's got to be terrifying. Yeah, yeah, you're you're screwed at that point. Yeah, and um, yeah, and really, we're just meandering here, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I realized you know our whole system's based around property rights. In the U.S., right? uh-huh. everything's based around property rights. You own yourself and you own your property. But if you don't have any property, you you, you really don't have any rights because uh-huh. homelessness is more or less illegal. So you go any any public place, you know they've got hours on it. You know you you're not allowed to be out on the street between these hours and these hours. You're not allowed to be in a public park between these hours and these hours. And and so all these things we've basically made it illegal to be homeless. So it's, there's nowhere you can sleep, except in for the wild. Yeah, except because all the land mm-hmm. is either owned yeah. privately and you're trespassing, or it's yep. owned publicly right. and there's posted hours and you're not supposed to be there anymore. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it's, so, so it's illegal every night. Yeah, yeah. And what I found out towards the end is a lot of homeless people are also really paranoid because they're afraid something's going to happen to them at night. So they'll like walk all night. And just wander around and the, sleep during the, the day. city and sleep during the day. Yeah, find some place to hide and sleep during the day. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, so in that situation, you're you're left to either charity, or um, no, no, really just charity. I was going to say, or someone that owns some private property that lets you use it, but that's charity. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So it's it's a really tough situation to to be in. You know, if you're genuinely stuck. Uh, I don't know what to do about it, but it's it, it's rough, you know. Well, and the people who choose to be there are there because they choose to be. Yeah. There are a lot of people with addiction issues mm-hmm. where maybe if we had more opportunity. I mean, you tell me, did they have opportunities to get clean? I mean, you, you told me that they had some services. I don't know if the services are sufficient or that's plentiful or accessible or not. I don't know if they need more money from a policy perspective like where so 
I don't know how much time you were thinking about yeah. your your annual salary next week, right? And like where your yeah. income. So you you look at the income allocation in the United States, and right, you know, fifty five percent is defense spending, and then blah 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 mm-hmm. down on social services. And um, I'm just wondering, in terms of uh, like, if you were governor, do you think that we have enough allocation of uh, public funds? And then there's all of the the private funds that yeah. Um, if if private charity is sufficient, maybe you need less government funds. If it's not sufficient, maybe yeah. you need more government funds. Maybe government shouldn't be in that business. Maybe government should be mostly in that business, right? I mean, I, so, I don't know anything about this issue because I've never been homeless, but so, you're inspiring me. Yeah. So, so like on re- Tuesday, I'll be homeless for a while. No, so, so to recap, your question was what? Everything. No. Yeah. No, I'm um, trying to figure it, out social justice-wise, what it, do you think the lay of the land is? That's a complex issue. So, yeah. um I, I walked through several really rough parts of Omaha mm-hmm. while I was while I was out, and I noticed something really interesting in that there's wide disparity in the income and wealth distribution even within those areas. Mm. So you'll see this like terrible neighborhood, but this guy driving an Audi, mm. yeah, you know, hanging out, and uh, I, I was there for Memorial Day, uh, so I was out on Memorial Day, which was cool. By the way, this is awesome. I, I just took this as a sign that, like, God was smiling on me. There were fireworks my first night and my last night being homeless. Oh, really? Just saying. Yeah, downtown. <laughs> <laughs> first one, I think, was for Memorial Day, and the second one was the uh, Taste of Omaha Festival. How a bit big fireworks show. It was great. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so I noticed even within those those groups, there's wide disparity, right, between the – there's wide wealth gaps between people. So you're going to have those distributions no matter what. In terms of uh, um, allocating money, it's, it's it's really interesting because you know some of the people I met. Um, <clears throat> let me put it this way: I don't view Warren Buffett's or Bill Gates' success as stopping me from creating having more income. You know what I mean? Uh, they're they're not they've accumulated a lot of wealth, but they're not stopping me from getting wealth. And I don't think anything I was doing was stopping anybody that I met from improving their situation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Especially in this, in Omaha, where we've got an underemployment problem, right? We, we literally don't have enough employees for all the jobs that there are that need to be done. So I, I don't know if, if the, uh, the wealth inequality thing is really anything that's keeping anybody poor. Um, there are definitely cycles of poverty that I saw. Uh, my second day, out i i wanted to go to the open door mission and somehow i got some bad information about where the open door mission was mm. and i was just going the wrong way just period the wrong way yeah. but the one out by the airport yeah or a different one okay. yeah the one by the airport were you planning on taking the shuttle bus or you're gonna walk no i was walking there oh, i was okay. walking that's a hike yeah yeah i figured that out yeah <laughs> and and I, I I found the really long way to get there too, so I'm, I'm walking up 20th Street and I see this little park and I see this lady in here there with purple hair and so I, so I go in and I, I was like hey can I sit with you sure okay and I offered her some water water's a big thing mm. a really big thing and uh, I just like to, to shout out and thank the uh, the cubbies in downtown they have a policy of if you have a cubbies cup you can fill it up with ice and water for free. Nice. Is that a gas station? Yeah, it's the gas station okay. right off 13th and uh, Jackson. And I took advantage of that so many times. The first night out, 
uh, I was given a Cubby's Cup, and I just held on to it for dear life everywhere I went. My understanding is in, so, like, Arizona and Nevada, it's state law that you cannot stop someone from using your spigot. Really? Really. Because okay. Because if they're, I mean, not for industrial purposes or whatever, right. but if someone if somebody wants needs drinking to drink water, water yeah. it is illegal not to allow them to take drinking water. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But I don't, I, you know, so then I think about Omaha, and I, I'm thinking, huh, a lot of the year, the fountains are shut down. I know they are in the, the oh, they parks are. And stuff. I didn't know that. Yeah, I'll be out walking the dogs in county parks, and the, none of the fountains will work. Wow, that's just normal. But I don't I think most people are hanging out like way out in the woods. Mm-hmm. Like, I go, you know, way out to wherever to walk the dogs. Yeah, but I'm yeah. thinking downtown. Like, where do you drink water if you're not a paying customer of something? You know. Yeah, yeah. The cubbies. Um, you go into a public restroom, you use the sink. Yeah. I did that a few times. Sure. Because um, you, when you're thirsty, you're you need thirsty. like an algae bottle or something, don't you? A what? You need a bottle to carry water in, don't you? Just for basic walking uh, around. Well, no, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Well, you, I guess not. I, I had my cubby's cup with me almost. <laughs> I literally never let go of this cup. Yeah. Um, one time, I put it down to do some stuff. It got thrown in the trash. I pulled it out of the trash, cleaned it out with my shirt. Yeah. I was like this. Your super clean shirt. <laughs> oh yeah, super clean shirt. This was on like day five too. Oh, but you know, your set, your 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 uh, your curve of hygiene adjusts. <laughs> right. Right. So where are you pooping for a week? Uh you know, I was really blessed. I I never had to go outside. I was always able to use a, a restroom. Uh. Um, fast food places are great for that uh. because the bathrooms are always really close to the door, and generally the people working there are too busy to even bother watching who's coming in and going straight to the bathroom or not. So so you never got a shower, though? Never got a shower. You didn't jump in the Missouri River? I did not. <laughs> oh, I want to tell you about April, though. Yeah. So I was on my way to the Open Door Mission and um, was lost, basically. And sat down next to April, asked her if I could sit with her. She said yes. Offered her some water. She took some. And, uh, which, by the way, the fact that I didn't get some sort of communicable disease this whole time was amazing. Because, you know, you offer somebody water, you, you're drinking out of the same cup or straw or whatever and all that. And I was okay. But anyway, uh, told her I was going to the open-door mission. And she's like, oh, you're going the wrong way. <laughs> like, okay, cool. You know, wh- what are you doing? She's like, well, I'm going to this place that's right next to the open-door mission. I'm like, oh, can you walk me down there? She said, sure. So we're walking along and... And just chatting. April was a, a, a black woman. I'm guessing around 50. And uh, she didn't say a lot, but we got to talk. We we walked together for probably an hour and a half, two hours. So we, we got to have some, some conversations. And uh, we talked about her mother. And I remember at one point she brought up, uh, oh, yes, I remember. We were in Carter Lake, walking through Carter Lake towards there. And... I kept getting all these weird looks from people in the cars. And I'm like, April, we're getting some weird looks. And she's like, that's because people want to make sure you're all right and I'm all right. She goes, don't worry. They ain't going to fuck with you. I'm like, are you saying they're not going to fuck with me because I'm with you? And she goes, that's right. <laughs> I said, I said, why is that? She goes, because I'm a po-po mama. I'm like, what, what's that? She goes, that means I got a son and a daughter in the police. Really? I'm like, that's cool. Uh, I just asked her, how many kids do you have? And she goes, I got a whole football team. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't ask her to clarify or expand on that statement at all. I was yeah. just like, okay, 
cool. She didn't know how many brothers and sisters she had. She, I, she I, didn't know. She didn't know how many brothers and sisters she had. Wow. I think she didn't know how many children she had. Yeah. Um, I asked her about grandkids. She says, yeah, I got some grandkids, but when they tell me about them, I tell them, you go raise them up right so I don't screw them up. Uh, um, and then I found out she was pregnant at the time. Uh, and the, the way I found out about that is she said to me, she goes, yeah, since I'm pregnant right now, I don't do any of those drugs anymore. I just smoke and maybe do some weed every once in a while. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, my heart really aches for uh, that child. Yeah. And, like, what kind of situation they're, they're going to be born into. Um, I, I really believe there's hope for everybody. Mm-hmm. This kid's going to have a hard time, right? You know, just just the, the sheer number of correct decisions they will have to make to, to break that cycle, the odds are just so astronomically against them. So how do, how do you get out of that? And I think that's the real, you talk about solving the poverty issue. Yeah. I really think that's where it's like, okay, how, how do we break that cycle? And I'm not sure a government program can do it. It'd be great if it could, but I'm not sure. Did um, April tell you why she's homeless? Like how she... No, she never really. Like, I couldn't get a clear like answer she's got kids from her out with, of that. But with good jobs, and you, you know, know, you'd think. And I don't think she was actually homeless. I think she had a place to stay. Mm. And that was the other thing. That was one thing I noticed too. Is uh, you didn't see many women. I never saw a single kid. Mm-hmm. I'm told. I was told that there are so many programs available for women, especially women with children, mm-hmm. that you generally don't see them out on the street. There's always some place safe for them to stay. Which I think is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You know, my general opinion is like, yeah, let all the homeless guys sleep outside. That's fine. Take care of the women. Take care of the children. That's that's really where you need to focus. Um, you know, so in terms of like solving the homeless problem, I, I don't know if there's an answer. You know, one of the things I wrote down, I think, is you can't really get rid of homelessness without really getting rid of liberty in general because people are going to make choices. Right. And, and so, you know, Charlie, the, the guy who's basically strung out and destroyed his mind, he's going to, you can give him all the resources in the world, but he's going to choose to do things with that that are self-destructive. So how do you, what do you, what do you do with that? Yeah. And I think there's three categories there, right? There's the, there's the libertarians that, you know, are freegan and they're going to go do their thing and (laughs) string up their tents and climb trees or whatever. (laughs) You know, that's fine. You know, yeah. I, I think that this country should allow them to do that. And yeah. even on public lands and things, this, these are spaces for all of us. Um, and then there's uh, drug addiction, you know, substance abuse yeah, kind terrible. of stuff, which is yeah. a huge ongoing, in my opinion, medical concern and should not be a legal concern, just my two cents yeah, on that yeah. issue. Um, and then there's mental health, right? The whole category of mental health yeah. folks that they just need maybe help. they're quote choosing end quote to do this, but uh, they're not. Their faculties aren't all right. know, there, and right. they they need whatever it is kind of assistance. Or and sometimes that's maybe talk therapy. Sometimes it's you need these drugs just to settle out your, yeah. your biochemical yeah. whatever. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't. I, Obviously, I have no answers. I'm just fascinated that you were. So is this something you? Oh, was that the? Was that all of the the April story? I didn't want to cut you off. On oh the yeah, April story. Um, that was. You know that that was about it. We we Did talked. You make to, it to the open door mission. We made it to the open door mission. 
So she was going somewhere near the open door mission. Yeah, the open door mission's huge. Yeah, I've been there. So it's made up of several facilities, and she was just going. Oh, oh I just a, did a turkey handout a couple times. Okay. So I was only in one building. Yeah, they've got several buildings, and she was basically oh. just going to a different building at the open door mission. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yep. So you had a meal at the at the open door mission. Was that your goal? Is to. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to see it. I wanted to see the people. So I actually I missed lunch. The Open Door Mission, man, they're they're great people there. They've got a great program going on. Uh, you hear a lot of criticism of it from people in the homeless community. Uh, we'll get to that. But, uh, you know, I walked in and said, hey, I was hoping to make it for lunch. They're like, oh, sorry, you missed lunch. Here's two sandwiches. Wow. No questions asked. I'm, I'm pretty sure, I'm not going to try it, but I'm pretty sure you could drive up in a in a BMW, park at the Open Door Mission, walk in and say, I'm here for dinner. And they would serve you. I mean, they're just such good-hearted people. I know we handed whole turkeys to people that drove up in brand-new-looking Escalades, blinged out in all kinds of uh, jewelry. Yeah. And that made me sad. But we did. We gave them. But but, but you did. Yeah. 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 No, I I think they're just genuinely kind-hearted people like that. Yeah. And some people are going to be as the system. No matter what you do. Absolutely they are. No matter what you do, yes. you're never going to have a perfect thing. Some right. people are going to abuse whatever you try to do, and yeah. you know, the tough. That's just part of the. That's part of trying to help people. Yeah, you just got to be okay be with that. Jerks. Yep, yep, absolutely. So that's that's interesting. So you confirmed my theory. Yeah. Um, well, I, in my experience, that's where we're. At. Where do you put two sandwiches when you don't have a backpack or? Nothing? I sat down and ate them. Are you oh. kidding me? Okay. <laughs> like, in my belly. I was hungry. <laughs> and uh, I remember one of them. I I don't like mayonnaise. It's mm-hmm. just a thing. I haven't liked mayonnaise for years. But one of them had a mayonnaise packet and a mustard packet. Man, I put every drop of mayonnaise on that sandwich. I was like, I'm getting every calorie I can out yeah. of this. I was so hungry. Um, yeah, it was great. <laughs> so then I went and hung out by a park right outside, the you know, right at the intersection. So right off Sorensen Parkway and whatever that intersect street is that the Open Door Mission's at. On the opposite corner, there's a big park with a little lake there. So I hung out by there, talked to a bunch of guys who had been staying at the Open Door Mission. And uh, they were just bored. So they spent all afternoon there. And so I hung out with them and then went and had dinner at the Open Door Mission. And uh, just just great great food, great people. While we were there, this, uh, this guy comes by our table and he goes, hey, I'm teaching this class on... Um, on uh, what did he call it? Behavioral disorders. Uh, homeless guys teaching a class? Huh? No, no, this uh, is not a homeless guy. This is a volunteer. Oh, I see. Yeah. And um, and I forget the specific condition that he said he had, but basically, he was dealing with this kind of behavioral mental health disorder himself. Really? Yeah, and had kind of gotten it under control, and he was looking to help other people do that too. So he's like, after dinner, go to this room. Should I stop? Are we okay? Oh, yeah. No, okay. I keep going. i got to turn off the screensaver because it oh, keeps okay. clicking, and I'm worried that it affects yeah. the audio quality. So, you know, so just this, like, hey, we're going to give you free dinner, and we're going to offer you, like, some education materials on how to deal with your, your mental health disorders and stuff just for free. Just wonderful people. Um, so I, I know in bigger – and just stop me if I'm yeah, interrupting sure. your train of thought. I, I know in, in bigger cities you end up – with uh, homeless camps, right? Where you yeah. end up with concentrations of homeless people like under bridges or wherever. And then yeah. there's a big hoopla and they go in and they break up the camps and everyone moves somewhere else. Yeah. Or they're in the storm gunners no, in real. Vegas or whatever. That's real. Did you end up in any yeah. homeless camps? Yeah, let me finish talking about the Open Door Mission though yeah. first. Um, 
so just really great people, a lot of great services. Um, I had told myself I wouldn't stop anybody from getting a bed, but it turns out the open door mission, they don't fill all their beds every night anyway. Oh, yeah. Uh, at least not right now. I'm sure during the winter it, it probably fills up. But uh, So I was actually considering staying there for a night, but when you stay there, you have to shower every night. And so you've got to, like, check in all your clothes and everything, and they, I guess they put you in, like, uh, scrubs. Yeah. Um, and so I honestly was uh, scared of losing my notebook and my pen. Mm. So I wouldn't do it. I just decided I wasn't going to do it. Um, but you, you hear a lot of criticism of the open door mission from, from different homeless people. One guy in particular, he's like, you know, I just spent some time in prison and this is worse than prison. Like it's so the structure of it, you know what I mean? Uh, so he's like in prison, at least in prison, I could shower when I wanted to. Uh, is you know? that true? I didn't know you could just up and. I don't know. I, I guess he would know. He, he knows more than I do. Yeah. Uh, but, but they're very structured. They're very strict. You know, if you break their rules, you're out. Um, the, the guys at the open door mission would actually threaten people, threaten to send them to the Sienna Francis house. Really? <laughs> yeah. That was, wow. that was kind of their stick. Yeah. You know, you don't get, you don't get your shower in by 10 o'clock. We'll put you on a bus and send you out of the Francis house. It's like, mm. okay. Um, and they clean their, whatever they're wearing, they clean it while you're showering. Is that the idea? Is I to, I don't know if they launder your clothes or not, but there's laundry available. Okay. Yeah. It was really interesting. The open door mission, uh, most of the people in there did not look homeless. Hmm. They, they were wearing pretty clean clothes. They were cleaned up. They, uh, you know, they spoke like a, any other person you would meet. I mean, you really wouldn't know. And, and that was another reason why I decided not to stay there is like, these were not the people I was looking for. This, this was a place that really helped people get their lives back on track. And these were people that were on that track. And I was really looking for the messed up people, right. <laughs> frankly. So, um, and I assume they have like work, uh, transitional mm-hmm. programs. They do. They have a couple of them. Yeah. So that I know the, uh, at the Catholic worker house, that mm-hmm. was a big part of their thing is that they're trying to get people that, you know, have their act sort of together Yeah, is like, Oh, now you can help us do dishes. You can help serve food. You can help okay. us, you know, and they try to branch you into having a pattern of, of, of kind of getting yourself on a road to work. Oh, that's great. It's kind of the thought yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. They've got a couple of work programs that are, that are really good. Yeah. And they start off real gentle because, <laughs> you know, oh, they don't really? want like, you know, eight hour blocks of, <laughs> Yeah, that would be tough. <laughs> yeah. That would be tough. It's it's um, not an instant jump into a cubicle for 40 hours a week, but yeah. it's a uh, yeah, transition because I think that, that some some social skills get lost on the street. You know, you, right. you can get fairly what I've been told mm-hmm. and seen a little bit of is that you can get fairly aggressive and territorial and kind mm-hmm. of a hey, safety conscious and you it's right. harder to trust people. Oh, yeah, know? I can and, see that. And in a work environment, yeah. you're trusting people constantly. You have so, to, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, and time loses all meaning. Yeah. It's really weird. There's this parking garage on, like, 17th and, uh, oh, gosh, what's that thing one block north of Dodge? Uh, it's not Capitol. I don't know. Uh, just north of 17th and Dodge, there was a parking garage that had a marquee sign that displayed the time. Mm. And I would make it a point of walking by there so I could know what time it was. Mm. It was, like, so great to know what time it was. I wish you would have had a Fitbit on you just to know your mileage. That oh, would have been great. I'm pretty sure I walked about 50 miles that week. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was just just kind of adding up the rough. Because I went, although, you know, I, went, I walked from downtown 
you know, went to that open door mission the one day, and then yeah. after the open door mission, I went to the airport, and then walked down. What's at the airport, dude? I'll tell you what's at the airport. The airport is awesome. Okay. Why? Is, why? Here, here's why. It's <laughs> it's super well climate controlled. Yeah, yeah. So it's nice and air conditioned. Yeah. Super clean bathrooms, clean drinking water, and it's a place where people sit around and do nothing. Uh, so nobody looks at you. Weird. <laughs> so nobody cares. It's yeah. like, it's like uh, they they have these little at the um, at Epley they have these little like tiny things of like eight cubes. Yeah. You know that you can sit at. And there's nothing in the cubes. Yeah. But I just sat in one of those cubes with my back to the wall, so I wasn't really standing out. And I just hung out for like an hour or two. It well, and on great. the second on the second floor, there's mm-hmm. some furniture along that long hallway on the on the raised floor. Yeah. But no one's ever in, and you could sleep there. And I, yeah, I, you, I didn't try that, but yeah. yeah, that's where I was. And I took the I took the uh, skywalk across from the garage. Yeah. You know, so I didn't have to walk past really anybody to, to get in. Sure. Oh, it was great. Yeah, you know, the airport's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but you can't get food there, right? No, I couldn't get food. Yeah. But at least I could be water and air cool and, and uh, get so some water. So how do you pass the time when you've got a little bit. 10 hours to kill? A lot of walking. Yeah. But yeah. at the airport, I mean. Oh, well, actually. I, you didn't have a Game Boy with you. So. Um, I spent a lot of my time writing stuff down. Yeah. Because what, what I would do is I would. I would spend a whole bunch of time walking from here to there or, or talking to people or seeing things. And then every chance I got, I would sat down and write down and document as much of it as I could. So I, at the airport, I spent most of the time writing. So do you think you'll write up a series of blog entries or like a little book kind of thing? Or what, what are your what are your thoughts? Like what do you do with all this information you've um, gathered? I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. It, it's tricky. Other um, than podcasts, of course. Right. Other than this podcast, <laughs> uh, I, you know, when I first set out to do it, I was like, I'm going to share this with the world and, and everything. And, and, and now after having experienced it, uh, I, I struggle with understanding how to share it and not make it, it share it in a way that I'm not enhancing myself. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm just so touched by what i got to see and mm. i don't want to cheapen that do you think you would i don't know start engaging with uh services and people and programs that engage with homeless people like is that something that because you have i mean amazing communication and obvious yeah. software skills and all these things and yeah. so you could end up being the director of god knows what if yeah you i don't know but you'd have to find some. You'd have to find some angle on the problem where. Well, okay, I'll just speak for myself. Yeah. I would have to find some angle on the problem where I felt like I could really get traction, like I could really dig in, and right. my efforts are really making something happen. Yeah. Which is my, you know, my endless thing. I have this whole dream of you know going living in a tent in Africa, and that would be great, <laughs> yeah, wouldn't it? Right. <laughs> it would be awesome. Yeah, my, my son's off to college this year. And so oh. I'm like, oh, well, hey, I'm not super old yet. So Why you're an empty nester? Out? Yeah. So Congratulations. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. You've got a ways to go. Um, 32 years. Yeah. So with the volunteering kind of stuff that I've done, you know, it, it's for me, it feels very, uh, it, it's really critical to me that it looks like I'm moving the needle, you know? And um, yeah. Helping individuals, I mean, is fantastic, but if you can systematically help change the process somehow, like right. if some facet of 
our combined governmental and private mm-hmm. uh, institutional support for people that need help. If, if, if you can get into one of those cogs in this engine and make a big difference, I mean, that would be great. Yeah. So I don't know yeah. if, if this has inspired you, if this experience has inspired you to try to do any of that. or I mean, I, I'm sure you're super busy running the business again. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that was the other thing. Yeah, that was the other thing that was astonishing is uh, how little time it took me to just drop right back into my life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, wow. I'll be in Asia for a month, right? And I'll be like, oh, yeah, no, I never have to work, you know, because my brain's just off of computers. Right. And then you drop me in and give me a cup of coffee and I'm like, oh, right, okay. Yeah, back to it. There we go. Yeah. Got to wait for the compiler. Here we go. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not having a cell phone for a week was insane yeah Uh, and i thought to myself one of the things i wrote down while i was gone is like i hope i i don't go back to my old habits where as soon as there's 10 seconds of silence i pull out my phone Mm. and look at it well i think that lasted like a week (laughs) just you know you fall do you think you're completely back to where you were two months ago if not completely pretty close pretty close Yeah. yeah 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 um so you asked about camps yeah so, uh, I met a guy, Pete. Oh man, I love Pete. Pete's awesome. Met Pete on Wednesday or Tuesday, Wednesday, I think. And, uh, he told me that there were a lot of camps along the railroad tracks. And if I wanted to find them, just follow the railroad tracks. Yeah. So that's what I did. I spent a whole day following the railroad tracks. Okay. Wait, so you're like heading west towards Lincoln tracks or south no, towards? No, um, right, right there by the Francis house. So if you go just a couple blocks east, so around like 15th yeah. and Nicholas, there's railroad tracks right there. And you just, I just started heading north, see what I could find. And I spent the whole day, I followed those railroad road tracks all the way up to the North Omaha power plant, the coal power plant. Mm-hmm. So I was following the railroad tracks basically. Uh, where the coal cars would go into the power plant. And I got right up to the gate of the power plant. It's like, well, I guess I'm done here. Yeah. And uh, um, basically spent the whole day trying to find these camps. Never found them. Would they not Just be on the Wasted East, the whole line? day. I mean, the, the Amtrak burns the Amtrak station and all. Have you run the Amtrak? No. Okay. So I, I don't know anything about this, obviously. But yeah. I would think they would be on that line, which is way down south by the... Uh, Midwest Heritage Museum. Oh, okay. Um, that part of town. Yeah. And that curves all the way down to uh, uh, Nebraska City and then shoots across Iowa and okay. then up to Chicago, et cetera. And then okay. that, that line runs right by my house out in Millard and then out to Lincoln and Colorado and San Francisco. So I would I would think that that might be, but I have no idea. Yeah, I just... Because people would be hopping these trains, right. I assume. Right, The yeah. full hobo action, but I yeah. don't, I, I don't know I, anything about that. I heard a little hearsay about that as well, and I kind of yeah. got the bug. It's like, I really want to ride on a train. Yeah. Um, you didn't do that. <laughs> I didn't do that on that, on that Thursday, on that Thursday. I didn't do that. So I, I, I spent the whole day going up and down these train tracks looking for people. Never found them. Mm. Basically just burned the whole day trying. Yeah. Disclaimer. Trying no one them. listening to this should jump on a moving train. That is a good way to get killed. Don't sue me about that. Um, yeah. uh, so, so I never found him, but the next day I went back to the Francis house and I saw Pete and I said, Pete, yeah. I went on the train tracks. I didn't find anybody. I yeah. was like, I want to find these people. Where are these people? And he goes, you're in luck, dude. So there are these guys, there are these people there. Uh, I forget what they were called, but they were serving, they serve pancakes every Friday morning at the Francis house. 
And he said, when they're done here, they're going to go to camps and deliver food. Ask them to train camps. Just camps in general. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, he introduced me to them, asked if I could come along. They said, sure, come along. Yeah. And so I did. And it turns out there were two camps within just a couple blocks of the Francis house. And one of them backed up to some train tracks. The other one was just a camp, just in town. So how many people are in um, these camps? You know, the first one had maybe six or seven guys there. Okay. And these guys didn't have a tent or anything. They just slept outside. They had a little spot where they would do a campfire. Yeah. And then the other one was down this really steep hill. And uh, I don't know. They sent me down there to, to hand somebody something. I don't remember what it was. I never found anybody. They they weren't coming out of their tents and stuff. So I just set the food down. But you get on this really steep hill and, you know, tent is a, is a, is a loose term. Yeah. It, it's really... Like, it might be an actual tent, but often it's just a bunch of tarps, Yeah, you know, laid out and arranged in a way that it protects you yeah. from the wind or the moisture, and uh, just garbage everywhere. Just uh-huh. disgusting, man. Uh, it really just freaks you out thinking people people live in that environment. And then, um, yeah, and they were just down there. And so if I'm living in one of these... Giving some food, Yeah. I can expect food to just show up in the middle of camp every once in a while? Well, if these people know where you're at, they'll bring it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's wow. it's pretty amazing. Is that I mean, it's, daily or how often? Once they, a week. Once a week. Okay. Once a week, yeah. yeah. They'll they'll do that. And and then they took me over to a couple of spots in Iowa. Is the first one they took me to was you'd have to go along this road next to some train tracks, you'd stop. You go over the train tracks and across a cornfield, and basically there was a tree. And in this tree was a couple, two people. That was all that lived there. Inside the tree? Yeah, kind of inside. I I was told to stop and wait at a certain distance, probably, you know, 150 feet away. He's like, he might get spooked if, you know, strangers show up, so just stay here. It's like, okay, no problem. Um... (laughs) And the wife had apparently gone to go do something, but the guy came out and and uh, they gave them a whole bunch of food and toilet paper, it, it, like enough to last a week. Yeah, like they could go week to week and just wait for these folks to show up. Again? Um, I don't know about on the food, but like the toilet paper and some of the other stuff. Yeah, and yeah. The, and you could tell that you know they knew where the women were, uh-huh. and they made sure they had extra supplies and things that women need. I mean, they, they were, they, these people just had huge hearts and just went out of their way to, to help these people. You know, one even was like, uh, you know, oh, I, all these ladies from my church collected all these candles for your wife to, to, to use. Inside the tree? Inside, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you um, should not be lighting candles inside your tree. Well, <laughs> you're right, Jay. That's the problem that we need to talk now to I'm going to get sued about this. Yeah. <laughs> from the fire department. It's going to shut me down. And, uh, <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, and I guess <laughs> with the tree thing, um, the wife had cancer. Mm. I think was was also part of the deal, and they were they were living there. Would and, they take her to medical appointments for whatever? You know, I wasn't able to talk to him, yeah. so I I don't really know. Uh-uh. And wow. then and then they took me over to a camp in Council Bluffs, another camp in Council Bluffs, where it was on private property. And the owner of the property was like, look, you, I don't care if you stay here. You just got to keep the place clean. 
And it was actually pretty clean. And they, these people had spread out over quite a distance. There were maybe eight or nine people, a few couples. And uh, they had tents set up, like full tents and cooking areas and, and all this stuff set up. But it was really interesting. Uh, it, you show up and they're like, oh, we got a new a new neighbor. Let me introduce you to him. And we walk for like five minutes <laughs> to get to them and then bring them back to the truck where they had all the food and everything. And I was talking to one guy. It's like, so how long have you been out here? And he says, oh, I've, I've been out here about five years. Mm-hmm. And uh, In the same camp? In the same camp. Yeah. And then he's like, and I, and I lived about 10 years someplace else before that outside. And, yeah. And it's like, I, sorry, you can't see my face on the on the audio, but I was just dumbfounded. I'm like, how, how do you, but really, yeah. you know, and some of them had jobs. Um, and, and he, it was just how weird. How do you get to work? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Well, I mean, you could walk a long way and it, as long as you plan, I guess you could, you could yeah. do it, but, uh. You know, and they're just trying to get along and yeah. and, and, and live life. And uh, I really, amazing. yeah, and I and I, I really respected kind of what's the right way to say this. Um, I felt a certain respect for kind of the dignity they had. Is like, you know what? This is my life. This is how I choose to live. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I just, I just want to hang out here and not bother anybody it's like well okay yeah. <laughs> you know it, yeah. who's to argue with it um yeah so so i got to see some camps well and there's a sense of family too i mean it's not just isolation community yeah yeah i mean it, it sounds like you met people that are are hermit-ish and then you met other people that are mm-hmm. very aware of who all their neighbors are right. and want you to meet them and yeah you know welcome wagon and all kinds of things so yeah there's yeah. a diversity <laughs> yeah well and there's there's a lot of community and even just generosity within the the group yeah. you know what i mean where um you know people would share cigarettes all the time even with total strangers they'd share they'd share cigarettes they'd share alcohol they'd share uh before i got any chapstick i would say things like oh man my lips are killing me and somebody would be like oh i got some carmex They're like sure <laughs> go for it you know and again sharing Sharing lip balm with some stranger probably isn't the best idea in the world, but I didn't care. <laughs> like, yeah. My lips hurt. Do it. So, um, yeah. Huh. Do yeah. these organizations, we'll have to make a list so I can link to all of these oh, organizations yeah. Yeah. that you mentioned. So when I go back through the podcast and the show notes and you can help me update it. But yeah. do, do these organizations need volunteer help? I mean, I'm sure they would all take money. Donations yeah. would be fantastic. And if, Anyone listening wants to support, that'd be great. Yeah, they're all I'm wondering great. if they also need people to help, right? If they're understaffed or if they're whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Because you were on one of the crews, effectively, right? Because you're. I was, yeah. I was just helping, following them around. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. And they have, what they have is several churches in the area that support them financially. Uh, and then even they partner with some of the missions. One of the missions, uh, Moms in council bluffs is a mission a lot like the open door mission and they give them like bread and stuff to to give out to people or things like that this is like an extreme form of like meals on wheels yes where you're now off-roading it yeah (laughs) to get to the people yep yep Yep. and i know a bunch of dirt bikes i got a bunch of dirt bike buddies that's one of my oh yeah (laughs) so if you have like so you could find a nice (laughs) intersection there between those two if you have activities up on the top of hills, right? Right. We need hill climbing skills to get that to them. Be... To the... <laughs> we could zip on up there and give them their, uh, 
their supplies for the week. That would be perfect. Yeah, <laughs> in the Lus Hills, you know, trapped yeah. back there, and after several acres. Yeah, yeah, no, wow. that, would, that would be great. So where did you? So run down where you slept. You were out there. For oh a yeah, week. yeah. Where all did you sleep over the seven days? So did you sleep in that bus with the? I did not. Okay. No, I didn't sleep in the bus. But, That's probably a good call. Um, <laughs> that bus sounded a little sketchy. <laughs> the bus. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, and, and let me real quick. I met this guy on the bus. Uh, <laughs> one guy took me back to the bus, and then several other people showed up. And there's this one guy who was just whacked out of his mind. I mean, he was just crazy. Yeah. And uh, he had this little stuffed teddy bear with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, somebody else touched it. It was like this little purple teddy bear. Mm-hmm. And somebody else touched it. He's like, don't you touch my teddy! And he's yeah. like freaking out. And then uh, a little bit later, I was like, man, I'm tired. I want to lay down. And they were all so nice. They were like, oh, yeah, cool. Here's here here's a blanket, and you can use this for a pillow and lay down. And he's like, hey, everybody, be quiet. You know, Dave wants to rest. Just let him rest. It's like, okay, cool. And the guy with the teddy bear, he's like, here, you can touch my teddy. Just don't, you know, just don't, like, touch her, you know. <laughs> and, he, and he made him a he, – he, he, he made a uh, erotic motion against the teddy bear with a couple of his fingers. I'll say that. He goes, just don't do that. I'm like, okay, thanks. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we're talking about, oh, where I slept. Okay. So I met Nate that first day, and he introduced <laughs> me to his friend, Brucey. Mm. Brucey was just a wild character. And uh, Brucey had uh, uh, a kind of secret campsite uh, near downtown, close to the river, mm. that he took Nate and I to that night. And that's where we, we slept. That's where I slept the first night. Is this outdoors? It's outdoors. Yep. Tarps? Outside. Tarps? Uh, he had some tarps. He had a tent set up that he slept in, but I slept outside just kind of looking at the stars. So, um, not too cold, I assume. Not the first night. There were some other nights. It got really cold. Mm -hmm. Man. Have, have you ever woken up with having had dew form all over your body? Yeah. (laughs) Like that's a, that's cold. That's like, oh man. Yeah, really, right. really should have used the sleeping bag. Yeah, we'd go up in Rocky Mountain National Park, yeah. and we'd look at the forecast, blah, 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 and I'm trying to figure out how to sleep in a hammock, because my theory is I'm going to get better sleep, uh-huh. not on the ground, but in the hammock, et cetera, et cetera, and then, yeah, you wake up, and, oh, man, it's just, oh. the whole plan is gone. To- yeah, oh, it's terrible. So, uh, that's where I slept the first night, and, th- and that was really cool. We got a big fire going, so it was nice and warm, mm. and Brucey actually stayed up all night and kept the fire going. Really? Yeah, so it was it was great. And then first thing in the morning, he took a bunch of pills. He's like, "Ah, oh, guys, I got Ambien, I got this, I got that. You know, what do you need? Um, do you need do you need uh, something to help you sleep? I got something to help you sleep." And even, and even at one point, uh, he pulls up this Gatorade bottle half full of clear liquid, and he goes, "Is this water or, alcohol or, or liquor?" And he opens it up without hesitating, just pops the lid off, takes a sip, and goes, "Oh, that's water." <laughs> um. Yeah, just crazy. So I slept outside the first night, and um, I kept going back to that same spot every night. Oh, every night? Yeah, so I slept out there every night uh, with one exception. Uh, everybody kept telling me, don't go to the Sienna Francis house. You do not want to go to the Sienna Francis because... house. You do not want to sleep there. Well, the people at the Open Door Mission were like, oh, they'll steal from you. You know, there's violence. The employees? Oh, the people. No, the other okay. people staying at the Open Door yeah. Mission. It was kind of like, ooh, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the that's the dangerous homeless place. Right. Um, <laughs> even people who had chosen to live to sleep on the street would don't don't go to the Francis house. 
So, of course, I'm thinking, yeah, I got to go to the Francis right. house, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I did I did stay there one night. Uh-huh. And, uh, again, just, like, no questions asked, right? I, yeah. I go in, uh, hey, I need some place to sleep. They asked me for my name, the last four of my social, uh, and they asked me if I was a veteran. Mm. That was it. I got, I got some sheets, and they gave me a bunk number. So it's, all, it's all bunk beds in there. Apparently people know their social security number i guess i guess yeah. so. they didn't okay. need any documentation to verify it but um hmm. yeah so uh that that i was able to get in i had dinner and they do it really interesting so have you served food at the uh, open door mission like served dinner or lunch or anything uh there i've only done turkey hand okay days. so they do a, a big giant line where mm-hmm. you, you stand in line, kind of like your high school cafeteria thing at the Open Door Mission. Yeah. At the Francis House, they, they kind of bring people in in waves, and they've got these round tables that they sit them all down at. And then you're served your food. Right. And they bring it to you and set it down in front of you. Yeah, the Catholic Worker House has waiters. Yeah. And they run around and say, what do you want? Here's your four choices or whatever. Oh, okay, cool. And then you go back and you get it and you plate it up. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they only had one choice, but still, it was like, hey, here's your food. And I just thought it was really interesting that they did that. And apparently, yeah, yeah. Sorry, the, I might have made that sound like it was more complicated than it was. The um, there are things on offer, but oh. they know that there are people will not eat certain mm. things, and there's plenty of the other stuff, right? So you just yeah. have to you have to give them the hey, here's everything that exists, yeah. And they'll say things like, I, you know, I won't eat the corn, but if I could get extra potatoes or oh, whatever, that's nice. That, that, that's what I meant. I yeah, should, that's uh, great. Yeah, so it's not like you know. Well, hey, I mean, whatever, right? I yeah, mean, if, no, it's really good food. I was if impressed. There, yeah, I was, I was pleased with the food too. Yeah. Um, but there's some psychology around that, I guess, where if uh, people are standing in line, I guess they've had a lot of incidents where they get like nervous and upset, like they think the food's going to run out, mm-hmm. and so they they might get violent or or cause problems. But at the table, it's just kind of like, okay, I know my food's coming, it's just not here yet. Yeah. So that was that was really interesting. So. Um, yeah, so I had dinner there and then uh, went in to, to lay down. You don't have to shower or anything. They've got showers and, and all that, but I didn't. You can, but they don't. They don't make you. Yeah. And I was too scared to lose my notebooks and my pen. That yeah. was my big thing. Yeah, it was yeah. like I'm writing down all this stuff. I can't I can't afford to lose it. Plus, I had like a couple dollars in cash. And everybody's going to have yeah. the items that they're yeah. very concerned about. Yep. Right. Yeah, and yours was so. a notebook, but other people will have money or whatever. That teddy bear. Yeah. Teddy. <laughs> yeah. Whatever it is. Right. <laughs> teddy bear with a questionable <laughs> sexual history. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I got a top bunk, but they, they give you a sheet and a blanket and a pillowcase. And uh, I just went up there and it got up on my bunk. And it was it was really interesting, the, the, the psychology that messes with you. Um, I I. I undressed, but like I undressed up there and I made sure everything I owned was touching some part of my body yeah. <laughs> so that if anything was, was grabbed or taken, I would hopefully notice it. Yeah. And it was crazy. It was really warm, really hot. Uh, I estimated, I think they could keep about 250 people in there. Wow. Yeah. Really? A lot One of people. huge room? Well, what they do is, uh, they've got the big room with all the bunks and they've got about a hundred bunks. Yeah. Wow. But then they lay out mattresses on the floor and, uh, they'll fill the whole facility. The dining hall, they, they, they roll up all the tables from the dining hall and they fill the whole floor with mattresses. So how full was mats. it when you were there? 
Uh, there were at least a couple hundred people there, I think. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, there were a lot of people there. Okay. And when I got up in the morning, I saw one dude. He had obviously just slept in a chair. I mean, they, they don't turn anybody away. Yeah. It's it's amazing. And also, that's the only place you can go if you are a registered sex offender. Mm. That's the only place in town, I'm told, that won't send you away. Yeah. Um, so that, when so, you went to the open-door mission, they asked you that question? Well, I didn't try to sleep there. I just, oh, I just got a sleeping. meal. Yeah, so I, I don't know. So for food, there's no restriction. Right. But if you want to sleep somewhere, then the sex offender registry? I don't know. Yeah. That's, it's, it's just what I've been told. Is mm. It's the only place you can go. Um, mm. and, uh, so anyway, I didn't sleep great. There was a lot of noise, and then uh, it was really hot. And then I was woken up <clears throat> about 6 a.m. by these guys just arguing. And they were having a fight. The, the, not a fight. But these guys were having this really heated debate, and they were yelling about whether or not Swedish meatballs or chicken were served more often in the cafeteria. <laughs> I mean, just like 20 minutes of arguing about this. And then in the like, sleeping area? In the sleeping area, yeah, yeah. And then, like, you know, people would occasionally be like, shut the fuck up, what do you know about Swedish meatballs? You know, just out of nowhere. And people would say stuff, and... One guy, and the, and the one guy who was arguing chicken, he's like, how would you know if they're serving Swedish meatballs in here? You've been drunk the last two weeks. He goes, yeah, but I was sober two months before that. <laughs> he goes, that's what I do. I do sober for a few months, and then I... <laughs> that's a good point, he made. That's a good point. <laughs> oh, but, so, but it's really a, a side effect of just they'll, they'll let anybody in right so you're just naturally going to get like some messed up people in there and you hang around messed up people enough and you start to feel messed up oh yeah um yeah i'm sure i remember i wrote in here oh wow you wrote a lot no i wrote a ton how many of those notebooks did you have so well this is the 80 page book that i started with and i filled it up and then i used some of my money to buy more notebooks so this is a 50 page one that i filled up wow after the 80 page one and then uh, a third one I've got, you know, I don't know, maybe a dozen pages into. Yeah. So, but I, I remember writing in there the morning after I slept in the mission that I could kind of feel like I was losing myself. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, like the, 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 uh, the, the, the normal life Dave and the homeless life Dave had maybe swapped and which one was more dominant in my mind. Mm. And I was kind of going crazy. But once I got out of there, I felt a lot better. You know what I mean? Just the, of the out of the out the of the house or the, yeah out of the house. Uh, I'm sorry. What's it called the Siena? The Siena Francis house. Siena yeah. Francis. Yeah. House. So was that the most kind of emotionally intense sort of living environment that you were in? I mean, yeah. To to me, I think large crowds of people would really freak me out. Right? Like yeah. Like I'm <clears throat> I'm not huge on crowds, no matter what. Oh really? Um. I mean, I, I do fine. I go to New York City and I have a good time or whatever. Mm. But I, you know, in general, sleeping in, you know, rooms of, you know, 20 people wouldn't bother me at all. Sleeping in rooms with 200 people, I would start worrying about, <clears throat> like, mass hysteria kind of, you know, whatever. Someone screams fire, God knows, well, you know, or oh, some, something yeah. stupid happening where the crush of too many people, you know, causes problems. Oh. That's that. That's what I would be worried about so i i would think that that environment specifically would not be good for my psychological health (laughs) yeah yeah i don't know i think it was just being around it wasn't the number of people it was just there there were just a lot of screwed up people yeah you know and you make sense numerically 
Yeah, and, and you just become <laughs> like the people you're around, right? Yeah. You you you, you soak them up. Yeah. Do you ever have that experience where like you uh, some new person comes into your life, you spend a lot of time with them, and you notice yourself picking up their mannerisms? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was kind of doing that. I was becoming one of. I'm not going to finish that sentence. I, I was I was becoming like the people I was being around, and it was kind of freaking me out. I was like, whoa. Yeah. But once I, I, I left that morning and went and spent a bunch of time by myself walking around, and that kind of helped me settle down. Get Dave back again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, Are there needle exchanges for, I mean, so people with drug addiction injection problems, or is that a is that uh, a thing? Like, I, I'm, I'm trying, to, trying to imagine how much, like, health care... Ex- service exposure you yeah. got like con- uh, free condoms and needles and I'm trying to think of what else would be critical. I didn't see any of that. I know there's a nurse that comes in every week at the Sienna Francis house. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure the open door mission has some medical stuff available. I don't know. I didn't see anybody actually using needles either. Yeah. So that was, that was good. But uh, I hope that stuff's available. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Not yeah. really sure. Um, yeah. So of all of your nights, yeah, was the Sienna Francis your least favorite night, or you said it got cold a couple nights? Oh, yeah, it got cold a couple nights, really cold. The last night I was out there, I heard the next morning that it, it had hit like 40 degrees that night or something. And you didn't have a bag or nothing? You just you were borrowing there a sleeping were, bag? There was a sleeping bag I could use. Oh, you were. Okay. So I was really happy about that. Um, so that might have been a pretty funky sleeping bag, huh? It wasn't. Really? Yeah. <laughs> It really wasn't. It. it was a nice sleeping bag. I was really happy with Straight it. Straight out of REI that morning. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was great. Um, but no, I, actually, I definitely yeah. preferred sleeping outside to staying at the Francis house. Even as cold as it got that one night, yeah. I would rather have slept outside. But I'm, I'm a, I'm a guy who likes his alone time too. Yeah. So that could have been a big factor in it. But yeah, yeah it was interesting. Um, I tried a lot of things for the first time. And, did a lot of cool stuff. I tried hitchhiking. That didn't work out. It was like 10 o'clock at night. Where were you trying to head? Well, I went up to Florence one day, and um, I was really trying to find some of the worst stuff. And so there's a park right there in Florence that I had hung out with for a while, and a couple of high school kids came by. They got stuck in the rain under this gazebo with me, so I'm just chatting with them. And I actually told them what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm trying to kind of find, you know, the worst stuff. And they're like, oh, man, you just go right over there. People, <laughs> people get shot over there all the time. And I'm like, that's perfect. That's where I'm going to go. Um, and so I went and hung out around there. Do we, to, do we need to hide that sentence from your wife on this? Oh, this no, recording? she knows. She, okay. she just like rolls her eyes. Oh, and Whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, you're, unless you do something stupid, you probably won't get mess with because you don't have anything so well that's it's not like you're gonna get robbed well and that's what i always assumed too it's like i, you know, I don't like, know i shouldn't be speaking as if i know but i assume that's the case well and i worked in that neighborhood um when i was in the navy i worked at the reserve center right there next to the metro campus mm-hmm. and so i i just and, and we would even like go on runs to the neighborhood and stuff and what i just kind of figured is you know at least during the day just leave everybody alone. They're not going to bother you. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm only talking about that specific neighborhood. That's not general advice, but yeah. just, you know, leave people alone. So I felt, I felt fine. So you didn't find anything exciting? No. Well, what I realized is I just wasn't there late enough. Oh. And, uh, and this is when I realized the public park thing. I was hanging out in the public park mm-hmm. and this cop pulls up into the parking lot and basically just shines his lights straight at me. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm thinking to myself, okay, is this experiment worth like having a court date after I'm done? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like probably not. So I just went and started heading home and I went down, oh gosh, what is that? 30th heading, Street? Heading home. 30th Street. What an interesting phrase. I, I, yeah, that's true. <laughs> heading back to camp. That's yeah. what I called it, camp. Um, so I took 30th Street from, you know, way north Omaha all the way down to Cumming. Mm. And the whole time there, I was like, Sticking my thumb out, hoping to get a ride. Yeah, this is at like yeah. 10 o'clock at night on 30th Street in North Omaha, and I'm trying to hitchhike. Yeah. It didn't work out. Nobody stopped. <laughs> yeah. um, there's there this uh, part, oh gosh, there was an auto parts store across the street from me on 30th, and as I'm walking by, I hear this loud... Our security system has gone off. We suspect a robbery is in progress. Police are on their way. Really? Yeah, so naturally what I did was I sat down and watched. <laughs> I was like, I want to see the police come. And then I sat there for about five or ten minutes, and I thought to myself, you know, if the police come suspecting a robbery and I'm the only person here, <laughs> maybe that's not the best idea. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so that was cool. Um, so you never did actually have police contact. Never did. Other than shining no, a light at you. Never saw anybody get shot. Yeah. Um, no I, violence of any kind. No. None. The, just meth. Just meth. Psh, just the, it's not even drugs. It's just, just meth. Right, yeah. Just just the drugs. Drugs everywhere. Oh, drugs everywhere. Well, I told you I got offered weed all the time. Like I was, oh, right. Like I was sitting at that park in North Omaha. and uh, What did they want for weed? Why would they just hand you? Nothing. They don't I, want anything? No, nothing. I, uh, I was sitting at that park, and a couple guys walk up these uh-huh. are big guys really big guys and um i'm like hey guys what's up and they're like meh you know okay cool and uh he's smoking he goes hey you want some just reaches out and just offers it to me i'm like no i'm good okay cool mm-hmm. and yeah and then his his other buddy had like i guess some really high quality stuff because they were from california mm-hmm. and he just rolled it right in front of me and cop drove by nobody even Worried for a second, and it's just, yeah. yeah. Makes me wonder why we even have that law. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, there, so as far as you could tell, there was no angle. They weren't trying to... No. They didn't want money or... Huh. No, my, uh, my, my best assumption is pot smokers are just generally agreeable people. Yeah. <laughs> and just kind of like, eh, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you want yeah. some, you can have some. Huh. Um yeah, yeah, so so plenty of food. So how? So before, talk to me about some of your assumptions about what this was gonna be, that that turned out to not be what you thought it was gonna be. Like, um, did you going into this what you expected? Like, yeah. if I was gonna do that, I would be like, oh crap, I'm in a survival situation, and and sleeping and food are gonna be huge, right? That's that's where I think my head would be. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I never worried about that. I always knew it would just kind of work out. Um, uh, I, wow. Yeah, that's a level of <laughs> faith in food arriving that I don't have. I well, think. you know, uh, um, <laughs> not to get too heavy on that, but, you know, there's that, that sermon Jesus gives where he talks about the, the sparrow that doesn't worry about, that doesn't plant, but always gets food, and then the, mm. the, the flowers that, you know, obviously never have any money, but they're dressed better than a king. It's like, well, I'll just be the bird and the flowers for a week and see what happens. So, so it worked out. You know, yeah, it always did. My expectations were really around the, the people I was going to meet. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
I just had some crazy expectations. Like, I was really hoping, this is very immature and very selfish, to meet some really messed up people and to see some just really terrible things happening. Mm. Um, so, like, I wanted to, God, I, I hate to say this, I've got to be careful about how I phrase this. Um, I was hoping to see people in, like, terrible poverty. I was hoping to see people in um, incredibly unjust situations that would just make your blood boil mm. so that I could do something about it. And it was, it was very much this kind of like hero complex kind of thing. Like I wanted to, I wanted to see all these bad things happening so I could do something about it or raise some public outcry about it. And uh, all those things I was really hoping to see, I didn't see. And when I didn't see them, I was at first kind of disappointed. And then I realized, oh my God, what's wrong with you, Dave? Like, mm-hmm. in order to see these terrible things, real people have to be in these terrible situations. Well, but but if those were happening your whole life, right? Yeah. And you had just never been exposed to that, right? Right. Then this is your chance to yeah. find out that right. you've, you've been blind to this problem in right. society the whole time. Yeah. And now you know. Right. But you're, it sounds like your justice warrior uh, inclination that, that – you didn't find insanely desperate people that, right. were, that were biting and scratching to survive. Yeah. At least not in the summer. I mean, I would think in the winter things would be. It could be, be different. Yeah. And I'm sure. Are you going to go again in January? <laughs> someone else's turn? I, I, I don't know. Um, but I would think that would suck. Oh, God. That'd be terrible. In the winter. Yeah, you should do that. And oh, I'll interview shit. you about it. Can um, I do it down in Florida? <laughs> I don't think that counts. But, uh, um, yeah, like I had really wanted to see this because, like I said, I, I wanted to see the worst of the worst yeah. as bad off as it could be. Yeah. And, and I didn't see as bad as I was expecting to see. And at first I was a little disappointed, but then I was glad. It was yeah. like, this is great. No, that is great. It's, it's not as bad as I thought it could have been. Yeah. I'm, and again, that's just Omaha and that's just the week I was out there, but still it was like, right. this is, this no, is I'm, great. I'm glad to hear. Yeah. That you didn't discover thousands of underrepresented, right. desperate people that are right. that are dying every day, and we don't even know about it. Yeah, well, yeah. and that was part of the problem. Is when I said I went and looked for camps. Yeah, I was expecting to like come around a corner on the train tracks and see a hundred tents, mm. and it's like no, you'll see like ten. Well, I think you can in L.A. or in, in other cities, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Some of those tent cities get pretty big. Yeah, is my understanding, and then they, and then the. You know, it's always the not in my backyard problem. So the mm-hmm. local municipality but would like go crack down and yeah. all they, did, they disperse it. You know, well, yeah, and, and, and then yeah, and, and I heard about that too. <laughs> A buddy of mine in law enforcement is like, yeah, we're we're really great at displacing crime because <laughs> they'll roll in there right. and the crime will move. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. Well, and, and that's what I heard about <laughs> the the people that were taking me around to the different camps were telling me about this stuff yeah. and how like, oh yeah, the camp used to be here, right, and then. Um, they'll say things like, well, that woman burned alive in her tent, and so they broke up the camp. What? Yeah. Is this a real story? This is a real story. Holy and so, shnikes. like, the police would go in and tell them, you got to get out of here. In, in Omaha, a woman burned to death in her, in her tent. Yeah, this that one was in Omaha. Um, now, in a tree, I would believe that, because you should not be lighting candles in trees. <laughs> but in a tent, that sucks. Like a cook, I wonder if it was like a cooking stove. I had, I didn't get any of the details. God, that's yeah. awful. Um, well, and the, the, I'm told the drugs and crime can get pretty bad inside those camps. Mm. So. But they're tiny. I mean, these are not humongous things. Right. Apparently. Yeah, I don't know. 
How um, bad could it get? <laughs> well, and I don't know what it was like five years ago versus what it is now. Oh, it, you know, that's it, true. it could have changed. But he said, you know, the the cops will tell them you need to leave, and then they don't leave, and then the cops will basically come in and trash all their stuff. Mm. So they'll they'll slash all their tarps. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll uh, bend the rims on their bikes, you know, and just basically destroy their things. He told me they even went as far as um, cutting uh, all the women's bras in half. Mm just basically destroying their stuff so they don't have any reason to stay and then they leave. And I said, well, where do they go after that? Right. Same, same thing you were just talking about. They're like, Oh, you know, who cares? Whatever. Who cares? Like, give me a break. Like nobody's fixing a problem here. They're just, they're just shifting it around. They're just doing activity to, to make it look like they're, they're doing something. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, that, that really happens. It's, it's nuts, but I got to tell you about the train. So, the whole day I'm walking up and down the train tracks. Yeah. I'm getting this bug. Like, I want to go on a train. I really want to jump on a train. Like, I've, I I want to do this. And I would hear trains in the distance, but yeah. I never actually saw a train the whole day. And it just made me so mad. Uh, but I just gave up on my train dream. I was like, oh, forget it. I'm not going to ride on a train. And uh, the next day I went to the with these people looking at camps and stuff. And I was walking along. And I was walking down. I don't remember the name of the street. Oh, well, I've got it written down. I was walking down the street towards, I was trying to get to the, uh, what is it, the Gerald Ford thing? He was the guy who was born in Omaha, right? He's got a little garden. I don't remember. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, I was trying to get to that, and uh, there's a bridge over the street. Oh, gosh, it's, it's Martha. It was Martha. And about 30th, I think. And anyway, there's a bridge, and I, I got on the bridge, and I started going across, and I look over, and there's a ton of garbage uh, on the ground. And I was like, okay, that looks like people might be camping down there. So I go back and I go under the bridge and sure enough, uh, there wasn't anybody there at the moment, but people had definitely recently been camping there. I even saw like somebody's backpack sitting under the bridge. But what was great is there was a train going under the bridge and I thought, no way. Like, could this be it? Oh no. Oh, jump on. Awesome. So I, I go down the, the concrete slope, which oh. is actually really steep. Okay. I thought you were about to tell me you jumped off a bridge onto a train. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, that would be cool. Like, oh, no, no, no. That would have been like man. 60 feet. That would have been too far. Um, yes. <laughs> Very much too far. But uh, but any distance is too far to jump off a bridge onto a moving train. <laughs> well, you know. Okay. We'll agree. To, I have to do so many disclaimers on this podcast. We'll, we'll agree to disagree, I guess. So... Jackie Chan. So I, I get down there by the train, and I'm like, this is it. This is going to happen. So I take off my jacket. I tie it around my waist. And uh, I've got my Cubby's cup because I'm not going to lose my Cubby's cup. How the hell are you going to jump on a train with one hand? <laughs> well, well, listen. And the trick is you got to wait for the last car. Okay. Because when you jump on a train, you, wanna, you always want to jump on the back of the last car. That way, if you fall off, you don't accidentally, like, lose your legs. Yeah. That'd be bad. I, I learned that being homeless. Um. <laughs> so I waited and the last car came and about the beginning of when the, the second to last car was in front of me, I start running and I'm running alongside it and the ladder for the last car comes and I just grab it mm-hmm. and my legs shoot out from underneath me because the train is going a whole lot faster than it looks like it's going. Mm-hmm. And uh, I smashed my cup against the ladder rung yeah. and, and the water shot out and somehow soaked one of my feet, which 
what are the odds of that? But anyway, I was able to swing my feet back up yeah. and get on the ladder. And the ladder on the side only goes up about halfway. And I had to get uh, go around to the back of the train car. So I'm on the, the right rear of the train car. But that ladder doesn't go all the way up. So i got to go to the back uh, left of the train car. And that ladder goes all the way up. So I'm, I'm just going all the way up. Mm-hmm. And I look and there's a, a rung. When you come over the top, there's a ladder rung you can grab and reach over. It's on the top of the train car. So you can hold on to it. And I'm just sitting there, just <laughs> greeting from ear to ear, like a 10 year old kid. I'm like, this is so cool. And I, and I, and I was like, okay, I've got to do this. Like I've, I've come this far. I've got to do this. So I set my cup down and I go up and I just sit on the top of the train car, just yeah. with my legs crossed, just smiling, just having the time of my life riding on this train car. So I'd be terrified it's that the bridge is coming. Well, I was watching. I was looking out in front. Yeah. So. So yeah, it was, it was pretty amazing. Yeah. And then, uh, I sat up there for just a couple minutes and I was like, okay, probably need to get down. Oh, and I remember looking out at downtown going, wow, downtown's going by fast. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't want to. Cause it could be picking up speed the whole time. I don't want to end up in Des Moines or something. Yeah. And so then I get down, uh, and I go down to the bottom rung of the ladder and I'm just standing on the bottom rung of the ladder waiting for what looks like a good spot to jump off. And Which. There are none because it's all rock, right? You can't reach. Oh, you're not going to find grass or anything. No, no. I was just looking for relatively level rock. (laughs) And and so that that (laughs) took about a minute. But then the whole time I'm sitting there like leaning out over the side, looking in front of me. Just, oh, it was so fun. And then uh, I got to kind of a good spot and I jumped off. And uh, just kind of ran to, mm-hmm. to reduce my speed, and I was okay. Yeah. And, uh, it, you know, I said I was really blessed through this whole thing. I never had to, like, go to the bathroom or poop outside or anything. I also never got caught in the rain. Mm. This is so cool. The second my foot touched the ground, there was a crash of thunder, and it started raining. Really? And there was this little UP building with a tiny balcony that I ran over to and stood under and basically waited out the rain. Huh. It was... So amazing. And it turns out, I didn't realize this is where I was getting off, but you know, uh, if you're going north on 13th Street towards downtown, uh-huh. right before you get to downtown, there's a train bridge over 13th Street. Okay. That's where I jumped off. Mm-hmm. So it was perfect. I was like right by downtown and I went to Cubby's and got some water and. You said your camp was down yeah. by the river. Yeah. Right? Is yeah. That what you said? yeah. Yeah. My camp was really close to that. And so it was great. Huh. Yeah. It was fun. Wow. Yeah, other- I wonder how how long those guys have been there and if the police ever come to that camp and stir up trouble or whatever. Yeah. They told me that, um, the police generally don't bother them down there as long as they're, you know, not causing trouble. And he said the only time they've really come down there is if they heard somebody died. Hmm. He said, in that case, the cops will show up and they say, look, we don't care what you're drinking. We don't care what you're smoking. We don't care what you're doing. We just need to find this person. Can you help us? Yeah. That's that's what I was told. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you've got to focus on the important stuff. So right, yeah. Talk to you. Exactly. Otherwise, exactly. they'll run or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So how many, what percentage of people had phones? Like, did most people have No, phones? no. Less than. Most people were just. You know, I'm thinking about it. The people that were kind of living on the street or at, like, the open door mission, they seemed to all have phones. Most mm-hmm. of the people at the Santa Francis house did not. Can they charge their phones overnight mm-hmm. if they're staying at the Santa Francis? Yeah, okay. yeah. There's there's outlets. There's outlets to open our mission. There's e- there's even outlets at like uh, in some public spaces. 
yeah, where, where you can charge your phone. Yeah, yep, in front of the library, there's some outlets. McDonald's and or whatever. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yep, yep. Uh, wow. So I want to... That's a hell of a thing. So you get back and yeah. how's the conversation with the with your wife? Is, was, was she worried about you? Because well, she hadn't heard from you at all, right? Zero? Actually, seven days? that's not true. Um, I called her on somebody's cell phone the first night. Okay. Was that your agreement? Is that... No, the agreement actually that was that I wasn't going to call. Yeah. Uh, but it was a combination of I didn't want her to be worried about me, yeah. and I was worried about her. Just her emotional. Well, just her emotional thing. state. How's how's the family doing? How's um, is there anything going on at work? Uh, also, too, we were concerned about like, what if somebody died while I was gone, oh, and sure. like my uncle's funeral. Yeah. Is scheduled while I'm missing or something, right, you know, right, things right. like that. It was a really weird experience because I, I called her Sunday and then I called her like, uh, Monday afternoon, I think, or Tuesday. Mm. And she said to me, you know, you don't have to call me every day. And I, it's weird how your mind plays tricks on you because I completely misconstrued that as like, Oh, I'm sorry. Is me checking in with you like annoying you? Yeah. And I was like mad at her. Yeah. For a couple days. And then I called her back and was uh, like, is that what you meant? And it turns out I had just misunderstood. But it's just weird the tricks your mind plays on you yeah. when you're when you're it's, isolated like that. It's great that she wants to give you space to have your right. experience, right? Oh, yeah. No, she's, she's, <laughs> she's great. I, I don't think many wives would put up with the things my wife puts up with. Um, and then you get home. Yeah. Oh, wait, but I, I got to tell you a little more so you can really understand it um there was a guy i talked to quite a bit over the time i was there and by quite a bit maybe for a few days um and on saturday evening the night before i was going to be picked up he looks at me we're walking along and he stops and he looks at me and he goes okay dave i've decided you're not a cop (laughs) and he goes what are you are you like a are you a writer (laughs) Yeah. What's your deal, man? Yeah. Because you're way too smart to be out here. Mm. And I came clean with him, and I said, "Here's here's what I'm doing. Here's what's going on." He's like, oh, "Okay, that's cool." You know, he he actually thought it was really neat, and it helped me a lot too because I was able to just ask questions. Because up to this point, I was just pretending to be another homeless person, mm-hmm. but now I could just say, "Hey, I'm curious about this. Tell me about that." And so we, we talked a whole bunch. Well, um, when my wife came to pick me up, Pete was with me. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they show up, they pull up on, uh, Arnie Street, and here I am with this other homeless guy, and I'm like, hey, <laughs> here's Pete. <laughs> and, oh, sorry. And, um, yeah, so they, they met Pete and yeah. big hugs, and we went up to the office, and I was like, this is our office, we do lunch every Friday, come on by. <laughs> You're in your, yeah. For seven days, and, you've uh, been out, and now you- you're, you're in your corporate offices. Yeah. And, uh, seven days stinky. Yeah, really stinky. And actually, uh, <laughs> one of our team members was there working. Of men. Yeah. <laughs> so I walk in and I was like, hey, Zach. And he's like, uh, hey. <laughs> Were you inspiring confidence in your employees at that point? Well, he didn't know what I was doing or anything. And I was like, well, don't tell anybody yet, but I've kind of been homeless for the last week. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. And this is Pete. Yeah. You know, this is, <laughs> Pete's going to come by for lunch on Friday. Uh, oh, by the office. Yeah, I, I invited oh, wow. him. I said, just kind of an open invitation every Friday at 1130. We do lunch. Come by. Yeah. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah, so he was a great guy. And so anyway, just got 
bring a hundred to your friends. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. So then we just got in the van and went home and had lunch. Lunch was good. Mm-hmm. You know, food tastes different when you've paid for it. Mm. That was something I really, I really figured out. I, I'll have to tell you about the table grace thing, which is really cool. Different how? Um, I can't say this is a universal experience for everybody, but you know, I would feel guilty eating food that other people gave me you know like when the open door mission gave me the sandwiches or when i had dinner at the francis house it would be like okay i'm you know i i didn't earn this i'm being given this and i'm, I'm grateful for it but it's not the same satisfaction as having earned it mm. you know what i mean mm. so that was great and just to see my family and talk and tell them all the crazy stories and stuff and it was it, it was good to be back it was good to be back um checked your twitter feed and Made sure that your Instagram was you up know, to date. It was, <laughs> it was astonishing how little that stuff mattered at that point. You cared. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I just really didn't care. Yeah. I was like, eh, whatever. You yeah, know? My closest is being on like a scuba diving boat for a week or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you just get out of a habit. You're like, oh, well, what? It just doesn't make, you know, there's sunrise and then there's the stuff you're doing and then the sun's going to go down at some point and then right. you sleep. Yeah. And when you get hungry, you got to eat something. And that's your whole, yeah. that's everything. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> there's there's the other people on the boat and sunrise, sunset, food, and the activity, and that's everything. That's right. the whole universe at that point. Right, yeah. So. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah. So uh, my last day there, in the morning, my buddy Pete, he, he says to me, Dave, I'm going to take you out to lunch. I'm like, okay, I don't have any money. He yeah. goes, no, no, it's cool. I got you, I got you. Okay, cool. So we're going to go to this cafe, and we go to this Table Grace Cafe. And they're on Farnham between 16th and 17th. Okay. And uh, he takes me in there. And it's a community cafe. And if you – so you pay by donation. There's mm. no set prices. Yeah. And if you can't pay at all, you can do chores. Okay. So this is this is Pete taking me out to lunch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we got a really – Means you had to do chores. Yeah, I had to do chores. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which I was happy to do, actually. Sure. It was, it was kind of funny. So we, we had a really nice lunch. Um, they're, they're, they're not just the community driven in terms of the donations and stuff. They're also all about sustainability and, uh, using organic things. So like at one point, the manager comes over and says, Pete, can you not use so many napkins, please? Yeah. <laughs> um, so we got some nice pizza and some other good food. Uh, yeah, the Catholic Worker House has chickens, so they're they're raising chickens for the really? eggs, and they do a big egg scramble, and then wow. all of the uh, all of the food uh, scraps are all compost or not compost, but uh, chicken feed, and then compost, right? Wow! Because they do community gardening, and you can help with the community garden. Wow! And it's a whole sustainable, like living, cool kind of thing that's that's that for them is kind of. Um, uh, a counter uh, is kind of a reaction to our suburban suburban lifestyle where we okay. all just drive everywhere and pick up you know the, the, mm-hmm. they they have a real sense of communal living is a much healthier uh, psychological environment for everyone wow. to be in and you know love thy neighbor and all that stuff so wow. yeah cool yeah it's pretty neat you have to check it out if you're ever down in Kansas City i assume they're all over the place but there's not one in omaha so huh. yeah mm. So it was neat. We uh, we ate lunch and then we hung out till it closed. And I I swept and mopped the floor and shook out the rugs from the floor mats and stuff. Yeah, and, and, and then you could take your family down it was there. Really and, great. You know, pay tons of money as a donation. Yeah, we haven't can. we haven't gone down there yet, but we're definitely going to do that. Yeah, expose the yeah. kids to it. And, 
Yeah. No, I Not think everyone good. lives like... Maybe, well, probably what we do is we pay a lot of money for mine and my wife's meal and then let the kids do some chores. Oh, sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Teach them. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's good to be employed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so that, huh. was, that was really, really cool and interesting to see. But it was, again, the food tasted better because I earned it. Yeah. You know, it was just, it was just a different experience being that's, able to do that. Yeah, that's interesting because I, I think in my brain I would have this guilt about not paying for something. So it sounds like my, I, I think my knee jerk emotional reaction would be to come from a, a negative hole of, of feeling guilty about not paying for it. And it sounds like you have a positive, mental attachment to having earned it, you know, yeah. it's interesting. Well, and, and there's this great quote and I don't know who said it and I'm going to screw it up, but basically what they said is, uh, work addresses three issues. It addresses idleness, it addresses poverty and it addresses purpose. Yeah. And the rest of the quote is giving someone money only addresses one of those. Right. And so it was, you know, I, I was able to be engaged in something, you know, doing the work, so I had something to do. I felt good about the work I did yeah. and how it positively impacted things, even though it just, it, I mean, I swept and mopped a floor, right? Yeah. It wasn't rocket science. 10, 15 minutes. But I was positively impacting the world. Yeah. And then what I received for it was like, you know, a just reward or compensation for that. Yeah. And so that, that whole thing kind of fits together really well. And I think that's why... um you know, as a, well, me personally, I was going to say as a society, but at least me personally, I, you know, I love work. I just love doing it. I'm a, I'm a workhorse. That's, that's what I do. That's who I am. And, yeah. Um, yeah. You have to be careful not to get too addicted to it. I'm a, I'm a fully recovered workaholic now. Are you? How I would, yeah. I would, I would say I'm, I'm, I'm fully recovered at this point. I used to do 80 hours all the time. I mean, oh, really? Just normal, which was not good <laughs> yeah i've i i go through cycles i'm i'm going into a cycle right now where i'm just going to be working a ton yeah yeah just because the the the, the things we're trying to accomplish it's just going to re- require a ton of work yeah. it's like now it's I time to do you. a lot of work you know yeah that's the yep <laughs> ah computers <laughs> yeah yeah so. gotta love them any so any follow-up any any plans for writing or blogging or or another adventure or whatever i think you threatened me with it being my turn so yeah yeah that'd be good uh, well you know what i really want to do next is uh hitchhike mm. i want to take a week or two mm-hmm. and just see where i can get hitchhiking yeah and i and i would take money and everything with me i wouldn't it wouldn't be a thing where i'm pretending to be anything it would just be like yeah i'm this dude who wants to hitchhike mm-hmm. and just see where i can go and meet lots of strangers and I used to drive all over the country with my grandfather. He took me for a couple summers as I was growing up and he would pitch up, pick up hitchhikers all the time. Yeah. And it was so cool. He would even let them drive. Really? Yeah. Oh, I would never do that. I pick them up <laughs> if I'm, if I'm empty and not late. Right. Okay. Like if, like if I don't have other people, cause I don't want to freak other people out. Uh, but I, right. I do pick up and you meet really interesting people and I've yet to get stabbed. So yeah. Yeah. Which, and you I end mean, up giving them some money. Would be a great story. Uh, getting stabbed. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather get stabbed in some other circumstance. I would love to just... Uh, <laughs> like I saving would, a bus full of nuns from from crazy lunatic that kni- would be knife cool. salesmen. I yeah, would just love be. to have a 
couple good scars. You well, know, those from can being be arranged, stabbed maybe. or shot or something like that. <laughs> In know? this modern era of uh, of piercings, you you don't have to <laughs> you don't have to dream of these things. They can be arranged. Yeah, but you want the story. That's the thing. You, want the... you can make up any story. You want a real story? I wonder if you could pay a ninja to sneak into your house. <laughs> to sneak into your house. <laughs> I want. Here's the story I want. <laughs> and then yes, <laughs> yes, that would be great. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, I want to do that. Um, Next year sometime, maybe? Or I have any, no idea. And you don't have a direction in mind? You don't want to, like, make it to Guadalajara or something? No, no. That would, I have dreams someday cool. of riding motorcycles to the tip of South America. That's probably my next yeah, interview yeah. or whatever. I, someday. No. I know a guy. He's in my Toastmasters group. He drove from Alaska to the tip of South America. Yeah, on a motorcycle? On a motorcycle. Nice. Yeah. His name's like yeah. Frank Tabor, is it? I don't remember his okay. name. Because <laughs> yeah. I might be interviewing him next He doesn't time. come that often, so... <laughs> Yeah. yeah, we yeah. were just at a motorcycle breakfast, and there was really uh, yeah probably twenty five bikes there every oh, cool first Sunday of every or sorry first Saturday morning every month. So, okay. Anyway, I'm way off topic. Yeah, now. that's okay, no problem. So cool. Anything right. else you wanted to throw in there? We can adjust the show notes with all the links to all I the don't... organizations and whatever. Nothing comes to mind. Cool. All right. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks, Dave. man. I appreciate it. Appreciate the time. That was no awesome. <laughs> thanks for not dying. Yeah. <laughs>